0: Salutations, my friends. And thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noisera, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and I have titled this episode Election Unrest, Pandemic Engineering, and Corrupt Connections. That's where we get into more election unrest, other people coming out in support for Donald Trump, as well as Americans stocking up for military gear before the election. Some of the other strange things surrounding COVID: police officers in the UK saying that they will break up Christmas because of, well, social distancing in COVID nineteen eighty four. Duh. And finally, we talk about the scumbag known as Hunter Biden and the text messages that show that the Biden family tried to cover up Hunter's sexual in- impropriety with minors. That's right, scumbag and lore in the third segment. But really, it's just a snapshot of where we are as twenty twenty. Closes its chapters But first, before we get started I hope you guys listened to the mini-cast we did earlier this week The coming revelations It plays a huge part what we discuss in the second segment And with that being said Let's start the show Salutations, my friends, and thank you for tuning in to another edition of Factions of Freedom. I'm your host, Noizera, Freedom Faction, whichever one you prefer, and this is show number 1036, season 10, episode 36. I was invited out to a dinner yesterday, and you know we have lawful. We had a Mediterranean style, almost like three course dinner meal. Uh, Me and my lady brought over apple pie. Forgot the ice cream, but we bought zinc, wine, uh, arts and crafts supplies. And, you know, we ended up staying until about midnight, uh, just talking, talking the world, talking family, talking food, talking, you know, just 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 talking. You know, I've told you guys that there are families that you know sit down and watch these episodes together, and I was without that, that with that family just the other day, and I'm sure there's other families out there that listen to what we're saying, but I'm saying I was hanging out with somebody that listens to the podcast, um, you know, and they invited us over for dinner, and it was such a maj- it was such a majestic evening. I'm not even going to lie, um, but when I got there, one of their two beautiful children began to tell me a story. She tells me that she sees these little fairies at night. You know, and I don't want to... I don't want to spoil uh, the fairy story. You know, because she does listen. But I do want to tell you about her very, very interesting story. I think it's a very interesting way to intro this episode. Being that it's Halloween, about the time frame that people will be listening. And then by next week it'll be you know, the election time frame, and people will forget that whole spiritual component. But as I'm getting to the house, and I'm sitting down uh, with the gentleman and his daughter, she begins to tell me a story. She says, um, Uncle EJ, can I tell you something? getting all excited. Can I tell you something? And so then she tells me this story of how there are rainbows in her room, and ribbons that fall from the sky and speckles of fairy dust that cover cover her. You know, this is a smart little girl, very smart girl. She tells me that, you know, she, she, the fairies were keeping her up all night and they were just all over the place and it was making me crazy, really making me crazy. Why were they trying to talk to you? Um, no, but they were, I think they were trying to protect me. And I say, well, protect you from what? Now I'm looking over at the sweet little baby girl's father. I'm like, we'll protect you from what, baby? From the hand. And I say, well, what? And I look over to the father. He shakes his hands. Like, I, I. This is new to me. She didn't tell me this. Until I will go on, baby. Well, what about the hand made it scary? She said that it was a skeleton hand.
1: So I'm saying, you're saying that a
0: skeleton hand came through the ribbons and the rainbow? No. Did the skeleton hand come through the ceiling? No. It came above
1: my bed. Well, then what did you do, baby? I prayed to Jesus Christ. I look at her, and she's a sweetheart, and I
0: say, you know as this, I'm very proud of you. you can't You can't have these theological and these deep spiritual conversations with a child, but when you know you you're you're hearing her relive this moment and explain to you how she's seeing a uh something that's frightening her coming through the wall. Her immediate reaction is to pray it away. I mean, I, I, I can only hope that many people had that very same instinct. And so, getting back to the story, she tells me that when she closes her eyes and begins to pray and pray it away, the hand goes away. <clears throat> and then it's almost like the room gets lighter. But then she says she's still looking up at these rainbows and these speckles. And then an orb of light comes down from the ceiling. And so, again, father's a listener, very well-read individual. Uh, We're trying to, this isn't a podcast episode, you know, this is just the daughter telling us about a very, very strange incident. And so we somewhat interrupt her to say, well, that's how the devil works, baby. You see, he was testing you. He put that hand there to see what she would do. And for our audience listeners and people who are very curious about the actual spiritual component behind that, you know, think of it as this, I I wanted to interject as the baby girl was saying this, but she's a child, uh, fairies and things like that. Tiny people, small, uh, small entities are always associated with, with, with portals, with openings. And there's a point to what I'm saying uh, as well, uh, because our little brother also confirmed, you know, that he saw it as well. They also saw a skeleton out in the yard. And so we had to break down to these two sweet little baby kids right here that well, when this particular time frame takes place, Halloween, the two worlds are the thinnest. And so I had to interrupt the sweet little baby girl. I'll I'll get back to her story. The ball of light coming from the sky. I had to interrupt her, you know, because, again, we're nerds here. Uh, I tell her that a client I met with earlier this week, I told you guys about on the Instagram live. A client I met with earlier this week also communicates with spirits. And so I sit down with these two little beautiful kids. And I say, you know, a client I met with earlier this week was a professor of religious studies. And when meeting him at his house, I noticed an immediate energetic difference. I noticed that there was something else going on here. And I asked the client, I say, have you ever, I don't know how we got on to the topic of paranormal and supernatural. It was like 20 degrees out. It had just gotten done snow and it was some probably around like six or seven o'clock. I ended up staying for two hours talking with him. Turns out that he is the only individual. There's five generations that lived in that house before him. He's the only one not from the family that owns the property now. But see, here's the thing. He knows he does not own that property, and I'm still telling this to the kids. That that man, my client, had a deal with the spirits that lived in the house. He said, you can have free range of the house, the backyard, and everywhere else. Just leave me alone when I'm in the bathroom and when I'm in the bedroom. And so he goes on to tell me that Yeah, EJ, there have been times where there have been other spirits that have come through here, lost. I look at the kids, I say, uh, do you guys understand what happens whenever you're unable to pass over? No. There are some people that die that don't know that they're dead. I'm still telling this to the kids and explaining the story. And so the, 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 the professor of religious studies tells me, that he's had entities or spirits come into his house and he's had to take them out into the desert and find crossroads and tell them it's okay, go toward the white light, it's time to move on now. And so when I go back to these kids and I tell them, hey, what you guys did by praying to Jesus Christ whenever this skeleton hand came through the wall was the right thing to do. Take it from me, somebody that studies and contacts people and ex- experiences these things at a very young age, baby. You did a very, very good thing, and I am so proud of you. Get in here. I gave her this little hug and kiss her little forehead. She's so precious. But then I ask her, I say, "Well, baby girl, what,
1: what made you think that the hand was scary?"
0: And she tells me I just didn't get a good feeling from it. So she tells me that when that light came down from the sky, it brightened up the whole room so much that even the ribbons, the rainbow, and the sprite and and, and the, 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 the uh the fairy dust went away. And so <laughs> there was there was there was other things too, like, you know, the little brother told me that he saw a skeleton out there, you know, uh Crawling towards the house, and you know it it, was—it's crazy seeing children relive moments because you know what—you know what's a story, you know what's an experience, you know what a thought is. But then you see them whenever they're beginning to relive things, and then these are two very bright kids. I'm not going around collecting child stories, guys. This isn't a paranormal perspective episode, but I just think it's so fascinating seeing these type of things, and again, the spiritual synchronicity of everything lining up. And so as we go to Halloween, right? This isn't again, this is this isn't a paranormal episode. As we get closer to Halloween, I think everybody needs to understand that there is a deeper story to all these things we see going on. And if we don't slow ourselves down enough to take the time to appreciate some of these differences and at the same time similarities. We sometimes miss the magic of the moment now this may not be the exact lesson you need to learn from that story but i hope you're able to gather some form of wisdom from that because if even children are able to energetically notice when something is not good for them i would hope that our listeners are able to develop some type of skills some type of awareness some type of defense against what we see taking place because we talk about it all too frequently over here but now it's time for us to figure out how to how, how, how to make other people aware how to how to prepare children how to defend others uh from all these things that we see going on and with that being said let's start the show thank you ladies and gentlemen for tuning in i am your host noise era freedom faction whichever one you prefer
1: And that is my stupid chicken in the background.
0: I'll say this and start getting into the topics. Yeah, we had somebody ask us earlier this week. Oh, what are you doing? Don't go get rid of your chicken. Go vegan. Uh, You know, virtue signal via chat. And, um, you know, that doesn't work here, unfortunately. Something has happened with coronavirus in 2020 where it has drastically improved and escalated the work that we do and the dimensions that we go at it. You know, I'll say, I think this is a better way for me to kind of start getting into things, right? Here's a quick video for you that'll blow your little minds. Uh, There is a 13-year-old boy. This is just so terrible coming off of what we just got done talking about with you guys. There is a 13-year-old boy who identifies as a girl Saying that, quote, gender is over as we knew it. So, before I play this quick video for you guys, I realize I just briefly talked to you about uh, children coming into contact with spirits and then trying to, you know, ward these things off and, you know, having ha- having some encouragement to do so. These kids weren't 13 years old whenever they're telling me this. Their ages, you know, I think they're like three and five. But it's just so terrible, t- so, so terrible uh, to see this right here because you know somebody has abused or damaged this child and it's just it's 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 terrible uh this is the world that we're living in right now where you have children becoming the vessels uh for this new uh, for this new world propaganda um but right here it says that a 13 year old boy who identifies as a girl is claiming that gender as we once knew it is over and says it's no longer necessary in today's society according to a recent video shared by pink news before we think this thirteen year old is confused and that this is just some polarized incident, there's a large and growing movement that is now adhering to this same thought process. <sighs> Let's take a listen. Ready. We're ready for pride. Hi, I'm I'm thirteen years old and I'm
2: gender creative. My gender identity is male and my gender expression is female. I'm not I've been gender creative my whole life, but this is just who I am. To me, gender is over. We don't really need it like it's kind of unnecessary i'm in middle school now but in my old school elementary school i changed it so pe wasn't separated between boys and girls and i changed it just for 26 schools so it wasn't separated between boys clothes and girls clothes. i am currently the youngest grand marshal in pride history i was grand marshal for oc pride and it was really magical it felt really powerful and like a dream and it's really cool to be kind of like a leader very important for young kids to see that there's kids like them so it's really awesome that i was able to be their grand marshal and they can see me and know that they're not
3: alone Rolls out.
2: my advice for other lgbtq kids is to stand out from the crowd and be unique, and it's good to be unique and find find friends that really support me no matter what. Some of my favorite hobbies and activities to do outside of school is hair, makeup, shopping, styling outfits, and hanging out with friends. In my future, I want to do interior designing, hair, makeup, styling outfits, and.
0: Continue advocating for the LGBTQ community. Okay, that's enough of that. That is enough of that, and there you go. There it is, right there. Uh so you have uh not only Desmond the Amazing, but you also have other kids doing this gender bending. And we'll we'll save my I'll save my thoughts for that towards a second or towards a third segment. Uh corrupt connections, where you have the next of them sex cult leader Keith Renire sentenced to 120 years in prison. I'll save all my thoughts of just child sex abuse and all this other stuff till later on in the show. This type of stuff is uh, it really does distress me. And maybe it's because I'm thinking of having children. And I think that this might borderline child abuse that I don't want to discuss it. Uh, but with that being said, let's start getting into the content right here with you guys right here. This comes up from last week. Superstar rapper Walk of Flock of Flame endorses Trump. He's a better president. Then Obama, that's what he said. And so the reason why I'm wanting to start this episode off with this instead of 13-year-old blah, blah, blah. Just last week, I told you guys that there were various people off of social media, people in the White House, people in Congress, uh, people in Hollywood, people in foreign countries that follow us. And Waka Flocka is one of those people. I think that that's a statement in and of itself. I'm going to read a little bit of this and then we'll continue on because we do have the election unrest coming up and they're going to try to steal it. This comes from Baxter Dimitri over there at News Punch. uh, They put this up October 23rd and it says President Donald Trump's reelection campaign continues to gain support from traditionally Democrat demographics with a series of high profile black Americans backing the incumbent president. Superstar, Rocka, superstar rapper Rocka Flock of Flame is the latest influential African-American to endorse Trump, stating that his opinion, in his opinion, President Donald Trump is, quote, a better president than his president predecessor, Barack Obama. President Trump's approval rating with black Americans has gone through the roof, hitting an unprecedented 46% after the presidential debate, according to the Rasmussen polls. This is devastating for the Democrats, who need at least 80% of the African-American vote To remain relevant, yeah. And so what's happening right now is black folks is beginning to think for themselves. Well, black folks is beginning to think for themselves, and they're wanting to get off of the Democratic plantation. They want a seat at the table, and they want to represent themselves. You know, right now we got all these riots and things going on over here in Philly, and we've got to ask the question of, Who's starting these things? Didn't they say that Philadelphia was a battleground state? Who's, who's, wouldn't it be crazy if they had all these protests and riots go down so Trump could come through and seem like the savior? I've got to say this before we move on to our next article. We'll be talking about uh, <laughs> Hillary Clinton and then Kanye West. I've got to ask this question, that, I, and I thought about it on the hike this morning. Are we looking at a V for Vendetta moment to where we see all this chaos, all this madness, all this unrest, all this destabilizing events, only for them to call for more control? They say that Trump is the law and order president, no doubt. But what comes with that? And so just keep that in mind. I thought about it earlier earlier this morning. Uh, I thought about it earlier this morning, and at the same time, I talked about it last night at the dinner. That you know, I haven't really ever voted for any president, simply because I'm not down to vote for my enslavement. And by the time I got to voting age, I realized that I was being propagandized too, so I had to play the game. And you don't start an organization and an operation doing what I do, thinking that government is incompetent and that they will save you. I talked about it earlier this week. A lot of people voting so hard that they enslaved themselves. But one of the things I recognize with Trump is there is a lot of action. Sometimes he makes me eat my words and that's just the hard truth of the matter. So many different things has happened underneath this administration, both good and bad, that we will be dealing with this for quite some time. And and, and that's the factual matter. That's the truth of the matter. Love it or hate it. We're going to be dealing with things right now that are sitting in the landscape for the future. But, uh, Speaking of a future, Hillary Clinton says that she is still fuming, saying that she was born to be president, and it makes her literally sick to her stomach to think of another Trump win. (laughs) This is an article written by Phil Phil Shiver over there at The Blaze. They put this up October 26th, and it says, Failed presidential candidate Hillary Clinton is apparently still fuming over her loss to President Donald Trump in the 2016 election. During a recent appearance on Kara Swisher's New York Times opinion podcast, quote, Sway, the former secretary of state alleged that she was, quote, born to be president, and it literally makes her sick to her stomach to think of another Trump win. What does she really say? It says at one point during a lengthy interview, Swisher asked Clinton if she thought a woman president would be able to handle the coronavirus pandemic more ably. Clinton quickly responded by tooting her own own horn, saying that quote, I have no doubt especially if it were me. I was born for that, I mean. That's why I know I'd be a good president. I was ready for crises and emergencies, and I would have done what you see these women leaders doing. You listen to science. You bring in the people in in an all-inclusive way. You communicate constantly. You make the case by explaining why what you're doing is in the long-term interests, Not not only of health, but also of the economy. Yeah, I have no doubt in my mind at all that I would have stepped up to the crisis. Later in, the, later in the interview, when the topic of Trump's re-election came up, Clinton jumped in saying that, quote, I can't entertain the idea of him winning, quote, it would cause cognitive dissonance of a grave degree, she said before, adding that, the, adding that even thinking about a potential Trump win would also make her physically ill.
1: Physically ill. Hillary Clinton getting
0: sick, getting down with the sickness because of a Trump win. Well, I can't help but ask the question of why is she not locked up still? Or is he saving her for the second act? Why is Hillary Clinton still able to operate? Why is she doing this type of stuff? So I'm sure she will be a little bit upset. I'm still wondering, are they going to lock her up? And again, I've had to eat crow because I thought they were going to give Hillary Clinton uh, the nomination four years ago. And then out of a landslide, it was Donald Trump. And, and again, because of the manipulation, the censorship tactics and all the other things that are going on, I think that it's going to be Trump as well. And we'll get into this shortly here, uh, the uh, about again, you know, more operations taking place to try to unseat Donald Trump and this contesting that's taking place right now in our country. This is why they're going to try to get the U.N. to come up in here and oversee these elections. It's a very, very tricky game what's being played right now, but uh, I want to bring your guys' attention to something else that kind of popped up last week, and I, t- I mentioned it kind of in tandem whenever I played that Antifa heart-eating clip right here, thousands of witches plot to bind Trump for the last debate and on the election day. And so what? Right now, Halloween. most people are going to be listening to this after Halloween, people getting fired up. I feel like it's been Halloween all year. I don't even know what mask to wear. Maybe I should just be maybe I should just wear a mask for Halloween. I could be normal. Uh, And the reason I'm trying to talk smack is because look at the forces right now. And this is what I was trying to allude to earlier this week uh, about how it's good that a lot of these things are taking place because it's forcing this information to come out. It's forcing people to make choices. It's forcing them to say, you know what? I have to make a decision. I don't want to be like these people. I didn't prepare a paranormal-style episode, but think about this, gang. Think about how much evil, wicked, vile, and venomous stuff has been out there all year. I mean, my God, earlier this year, or earlier, earlier this week, I talked to you guys about uh, Russ Dizdar's The Black Awakening, The Rise of the Satanic Super Soldier, about how now people openly practice occultism, how they practice these things, self-styled Satanists and all. I mean, my Lord, I'm over here printing off different documents explaining the rise of Satanism. And we're having a casual discussion about this? Really you think about this, guys? This is, this is the magic resistance. And they say, oh, you shouldn't pray. It's crazy how now you can worship anything in America other than Jesus Christ and God. It is very crazy, and there was an article this week that came out. It said, "Watch out for the rise of Christian Patriot churches." And so, this is what's crazy is is you're seeing a massive social and cultural shift to where they see, to where the to where some people see the way the world's going, and they don't want to go that. Let me get into this, and then we'll continue on. We put this up October 22nd by Ricky Scaparo over there in Times headlines. It says, "Last year at this time." President Donald Trump was battling the House Democrats' impeachment inquiry against him. If that wasn't enough, media outlets reported that, quote, thousands of witches were trying to cast a, quote, binding spell on him on Halloween. Now, these practitioners of witchcraft are at it again, celebrating the rare confluence of two, quote, powerful moon events in one month, all in an effort to get Joe Biden elected and President Trump removed from office. Communicating via social media, the witches are plotting multiple, quote, binding events with their biggest attempt to spiritually attack the president on October 31st, right before the election. They have been using the hashtags, hashtag trump and hashtag MagicResistance. And if you guys go there, you can see some of our work. This is while calling for what they call or what they have named a blue wave spell on October 31st and November 2nd. SCBN News has reported witches have regularly tried to cast spells against Trump since his inauguration in 2017. They even worked to hex his Supreme Court nominee, Brett Kavanaugh. In addition to this year's Halloween spell, one of the people using the Biden-Trump official Facebook page is also calling for magic to be performed against the president for his final debate scheduled for Thursday night with Democratic challenger, creepy, sleepy Joe Biden. And we see how all of that went. Yeah, now we see Joe Biden just going right back into his cellar. <laughs> uh trying to hide his son. Where is Hunter? And so what I'm trying to talk about and get across to you guys in this particular segment right now is the spiritual warfare aspect, the fact that people are waking up and the mask is coming off on some people while other are put others are putting a mask on. I mean that both politically and spiritually. You've got to walk a flock of flame saying, Look, listen. I mean, what, 50 Cent didn't want to be 50 pence just last week. He's like, I don't want to support Biden's tax plan. You got Waka Flocka Flame coming out saying, you know what? Trump's going to be a better president than Obama. At least he's trying to hear out what we have to say. And now you've got Kanye West going on the Joe Rogan experience. Saying that only racist liberals think that black people can't make decisions for ourselves. That's right. It says rapper and fashion mogul and presidential candidate Kanye West called out racist liberals during his recent interview with Joe Rogan, saying that they regularly condescend to black people by assuming they are unable to make decisions for themselves. Kanye West made the remarks during the latest installment of the Joe Rogan Experience that went live on Saturday during the rambling, nearly three-hour conversation. West touched on numerous topics, or numerous subjects, including the music and fashion industries, his foray into politics, and the condition of black people in America. Quote, one of the most racist things that liberals who pride themselves on not being racist have said to me, like you're not going to split the black vote. West said that makes it seem like black people can't make decisions for ourselves. He continued on saying that quote, they literally make a statement that only black people will vote for me. Think about that statement. The nuance of institutionalized racism. They have a, they have, they just have a place where no one has really been able to embrace the idea of blacks, not being in a block. And staying in one place, you have to vote Democrat," Demo- Rogan said. "Yeah, or blacks have, a, or blacks having an opinion," West continued. Quote, "Like us not being on board, or us being handlers for black people." During the conversation, West touched on his candidacy for president for the United States, saying that he received a quote, calling to be a leader of the free world while in the shower. <laughs> Good old-fashioned Kanye. I bet you get the point. There is an awakening happening here, and for better or for worse, it's, called, it's causing people to think a little bit different, man, but I'm trying to come at it from the psycho-spiritual aspect of it. What is driving people to embrace this change? Why don't they want handouts anymore? You, you know, why are people waking up from this? Is it because of the drugs? Is it because of the crime? Is it because of the violence? Is it because of the stereotypes? We need to start talking about prosperity instead of enslavement. You talk; we could talk about welfare queens and all this, man. And the problem is, is we—I don't want to say—we need to start policing ourselves. We've talked about you know the breakdown of law and order, Sharia law, things like this, and more. But you get what I'm saying. It's time for us to have a restoration and a reformation. We got to fix this. We cannot pretend. We cannot continue. This is on an, on an unsustainable pattern. Oh, but you see. There are people who feel as if they have been bought out and they are owed. But here, you know what? Before I even get up on my grandstand, let me say this before we switch up into this next article talking about Americans stockpiling on military gear before the election. Looks like we're about to go kill ourselves. I can't help but think how, you know, looking at, you know, again, Fitty Pence, Kanye West, Dock, Flock of Flame. Various other people, hip-hop icons, <laughs> um, you know, and all this other stuff. What, what, what's happening right now is, is what I was saying beforehand. People don't have the money to play these political games right now, and we're expecting people to step up. And the sad truth is is we have, we have remained so voiceless for so long that people standing up for themselves and, again, voting with their dollar, voting with their lifestyle and letting that be like a representation of the success, that's foreign. I mean, you, 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 know, you look at it, people don't, like successful people become very liberal because, well, they think that that's a good thing to do and they want to help people. Successful people are also very conservative because, well, they want to hold on to that dollar as much as they can. But what's happening right now, again, is a socio-political and the socio-economic reformation. We are seeing our views being brought to the global table. We're seeing some of our uh, darker aspects, the darker elements of our country become revealed. And this is a, both a good and bad thing. And so there's only so long you can kind of pretend that this stuff is OK before you actually have to do something about this. And people see people see what Trump is doing. People see what Biden is doing. This information is coming out and people are making the decisions appropriately. And you can have people who make decisions out of spite and that's okay for them. But at the same time, they have to be held accountable for their actions. And so this is why I'm not telling you guys to go out there and go vote and do all these other things. I'm trying to tell you to be aware of what's happening. And how to a degree, we're on the right side of history. By pointing these things out. And not necessarily having these point of views, but sticking, sticking to our guns and stating the, and stating what's happening, being aligned with the truth, we don't really have to worry about all these other things that are going on. And so when Hillary Clinton says that there's going to be a lot of cognitive dissonance surrounding this election, well, that's because you have a lot of people that have been bought and paid for by this propaganda and have been propagandized who are very unhappy and who are not healthy. And who want to be, again, validated in their delusions and validated in their hysteria. And when people don't go along with that, that upsets them. And and, and and that's not our problem. But you see, the same thing is, team. They have rights and they have guns and they have money. They have things as well. And somebody is going out there to tell them to do these things. And so as people are waking up, it's going to be a backlash. That's what I'm trying to tell you. This is why, I again, this, the, the breaking of the social contract. Is very dangerous. Uh, this 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 uh, antagonistic patriotism, I think, is very dangerous. I mean, my God, just last week we played a clip for you guys of a of a city. So I, f- I forget where it was, um, but of Antifa people leaving a note, and it could be you know a threat, or it could just be for fun, but leaving a note on Trump supporters. Doors saying we've put your house on a list and come the election we're gonna burn it down. And so this is the world that we're in now. Again, the breaking of the of the social contract to where there is no civility. So I would read this article to you guys, but uh, unfortunately Instagram would not let me put it up. I kinda noticed that. <laughs> They're not gonna let me read about how Americans are stockpiling up on military gear before the election. I'm sure you're already aware of that. But moving on. Right here, quote, we're going to make sure that Trump leaves, left his plan to storm CE after the election. An article written by Paul Joseph Watson over there at Summit.News. They put this up October 27th. It says, shut down D.C. vows to target members of Congress at their homes. So we've, we've already talked about <laughs> we have already talked about the, the, the White House siege. I think this is, again, another continuation of it. Uh, again, American stockpiling on equipment, both good and bad, Uh, thousands of National Guard soldiers being deployed and things like this. So much unrest is surrounding this event that it's very dangerous. But just because, and and, and I think this is what I was trying to allude to earlier, just because you see people making these violent threats and they're getting these warm bodies here, that doesn't mean that that's really, really the bellwether of the country. If anything, this is terrorism where we're being held hostage and being told that our vote doesn't matter again, the breaking of the social contract. Let me get into this. It says that a far left, a far left group is vowing to quote, make sure Trump leaves the White House after the election, even if he wins. With radicals preparing to storm and occupy D.C., it says that the Shut Down D.C. group says it will quote, be in the streets before the polls even close, asserting that quote, Trump will not leave office without mass mobilization and direct action. Quote, on election day, when we are done voting, doing election protection, or going out or getting out the vote, come join us at the Black Lives Matter plaza, states the group's manifesto. Quote, we're inviting everybody who agrees with these organizing principles to work together to make this uprising happening. We're going to make sure Trump leaves. Quite how the group is going to make Trump leave the White House on the election day is somewhat baffling, given that even if he loses, he doesn't have to officially leave until the next year. The extremist, groups in the, planning, the extremist group is planning to block highways, shut down ports, and occupy state capitals if Trump, quote, tries to steal the election, i.e., if he wins it, while we'll also vowing to harass members of Congress at their own house. So, we'll meet them at the train station or the airports. If they drive into town, we can meet them at their home, states the group. Bragging about how mobs of leftists protested outside Senator Lindsey Graham's house before sunrise, the organization is conducting, quote, mass rebellion training in the event of trump's attempting of a coup if a right-wing group had published such a manifesto it would be a nationally demonized as a domestic terrorist outfit and faces immediate federal investigation as it is shut down dc's call to arms has received virtually no mainstream media attention whatsoever it's because you can get away with crimes like this whenever you own the media and when i tell you that our country has been bought and paid for that this organized chaos is taking place and that these radicalized Democrats and these feckless Republicans allow for this to take place, this is it. This is it. But you know what? Just because we're seeing all this happen, the stealing of the election, voter fraud, uh, information manipulation, censorship, and more, just because all these things are taking place doesn't mean that they won't win. I mean, my God, there's no way that Biden can have... (laughs) There is no way that Biden is going to get the election or get the nomination. Uh, With everything going on right now, he is a massive security. There's no way he could get a a security clearance, man. He's been named as a criminal, as a criminal witness that his son is a is a traitor. (laughs) No way. Bought and paid out for. But again, that won't stop people from trying because look at how radical as they're getting over time. Check this out. Thousands of troops have been dispatched to five major cities in Texas to prepare for post-election unrest. Post-election unrest. An article written by Ricky Sparrow over there, in Times Headlines. They put this up October 27th. And what do you think I'm going to read about? If they can... We are in a battle for the soul of this nation right now. And I think that's, that's some of what I'm trying to i I really can't beat around the bush telling you guys until you get out there and go vote that's one thing but at the same time i think we're seeing a battle for this whole this nation part of our politicians have been bought bar- part a fair amount of our politicians have been bought out our local our local elected officials are basically useless and it's coming down to everyday actions that individuals are making uh the little bits of courage that's stepping up and so When you have a system that's aware of what's happening, trying to suppress not only not only not only this rebellion that's quelling or that that, that's bubbling, people progressively getting angrier with the covid, the lockdown, the lack of choices and more. When you're trying to lock down a people like that. You know, you're poking a bear. You know, and the sad part is, is we really should just be we really should just be uniting against this threat. Because it's not each other, it's not the left or the right who's the problem, it's the system that's trying to pit us against one another. Because again, I mean, and, and I'll, I'll say this and start getting into this article, you know, even if you have people that support the cops, you know, Blue Lives Matter and all this stuff right there, listen, they're going to follow orders at the end of the day. You can have as many Blue Lives Matter stickers as you want. They're, they are still beholden to this state and still to us. And they won't treat us any different. Sad truth. But let me get back into this. Uh, It says that the Texas Army National Guard has just been given the orders to dispatch 1,000 troops to five major cities across the state of Texas, including San Antonio, to prepare for possible post-election chaos and unrest associated with the November 3rd election. Says the report states that Major General James K. Red Brown, who is the chief of staff for the Texas National Guard commander, said the activation of the troops would be for, a, quote, post election support of local law enforcement and the Texas Department of Public Safety, as we did previously to deter any civil dis- disturbance at sites in various cities within Texas. Says the, the major stated that he had been asked to draft contingency plans in case of trouble at polling places in major cities around the state. This latest report coincides with other reports of law enforcement officials in the state of Washington and around the nation who are reportedly preparing for potential civil unrest from the election outcome. Officials are reportedly concerned that the pressure will only continue to mount in the coming weeks and be met with a contested election, spiking gun sales, and ongoing civil unrest over institutional racism and police violence. On top of this, we also have social media misinformation and conspiracy theories circling from the left and the right and even from foreign adversaries of the like of Russia and Iran. Yeah, last week I didn't get around to posting it, but Iran uh, posed as the Proud Boys and began heckling Democrats. And now all week you haven't heard like a word about it, but there have been massive hack attacks, massive cyber attacks from the Chinese. And this is this is this is coming out on the heels of Hunter Biden's uh, alleged sex tape released by the New Federal State of China. So we are in such a crazy war, both in the public and in the uh, in the peripheral that people really can't comprehend it. But who do you think is <laughs> my God, who do you think is encouraging this destabilization in our. Who would stand to benefit from having a un-United States of America, our adversaries? And I've said this throughout the entirety of this pandemic. They are laughing at us, laughing at us as to how we handle these things. Speaking of which, look at this. Earlier this week, you had the unfortunate and untimely death of Walter Wallace Jr. Mass unrest happened in, Pilli- in Philly as cops attacked. And cops have been attacked after a video shows that police shot a man 10 times in broad daylight. And the video that I'm playing right here for audio listeners, you guys can't see it, is the video of, I guess you could call them, protesters running over police. That's right. Protesters running over policemen, because that's where it's at. I'll, uh, I'll play the clip and then we'll, we'll get it into this article right here. Who stands to benefit from all this chaos in the un- united States of America?
1: They're not sure if this is a tracker, but they have a number that they found in one of the vehicles. Uh, It's sort of like a little microchip. A a number of uh, three, the saddle wheels, walking around this tracker. It's like they tried to rip it to get it off. The thing coming back to you. you Are they coming?
3: Oh, he hit a car. Oh, my God, he hit a car he hit a cop. Oh, I'm out. Oh my God, he
0: hit a cop. These violent protests rocked the city of Philadelphia Monday night after video surfaced of two Philly cops fatally shooting Walter Wallace Jr. They call it, the chaos unfolded immediately after the shooting took place and eventually spread to the police station. This is an article written by Matt Agrist over there at the Free Thought Project. They put this up October 27th. And before I go into this, I got to say a number of things, man, like, like the shooting itself was very terrible. I won't lie. Uh, and when you go look into it, it seemed like Walter had some pretty he had some issues. It sounds it basically sounds like he was having a mental health episode prior to and. And, and they came and got him. It says that on Monday, October 27th, Walter Wallace Jr. experienced a mental health crisis. Walter's family lawyer states that the family called 911 requesting an ambulance to help. It was reported that the family's third call for the day, that day, third call saying, hey, please come help us. He's having some issues. They say the police arrived on the scene first. They spotted Walter outside of his home holding a knife. The two officers told Walter to drop the knife. His mother tried to grab him and shield him from the police as they had their guns drawn. She said, it goes on to say that she pleaded for police to put their guns down and asked her son to drop the knife. Walter then walked around the car and slowly stepped towards the police officers, and then after that, they shot him 14 times. 14 times. Now, clearly the man's not a saint. Neither was George Floyd. Did he deserve to die? No. Are these type of people trained for these type of situations? I'm not sure. What would anybody do in a situation like that, especially given the stuff that's going on right now? I'm not standing up for the cop, and I'm not standing up for Walter either, but I'm standing up for common sense. Everybody's not a virtue signaller. Everybody's not going to play these games. You see somebody coming at you with a knife, looking disgruntled, not not responding to any commands. This is the third call. What are you going to do? You got to think, man. These cops got to do the same job. We, they they got to do the same thing we're all doing, if not more so, and they're told to be heroes. They see all this other political stuff going on. They make the wrong move. It's half of these guys' life. Let me get back into this article. It says riots and looting went largely unchecked by police who were seen in several videos retreating from angry protesters attacking them over the killing of, of Wallace. One officer was hospitalized, and at least 30 others were injured after being struck by rocks, bricks, and other projectiles during the unrest. The unrest unfolded shortly after 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time when police said two officers responded to the 601 block on Locust Street over a report of a man with a knife. Family members identified the victim as Walter Wallace Jr. The interaction was captured on a bystander's cell phone video and shows Wallace advancing toward officers allegedly armed with a knife. Wallace ignored commands to stop and put down the weapon. He also pushed past a woman, later identified as his mother, who appeared to be trying to hold him back. And so that happened on Monday.
1: That happened on Monday, day two.
0: The National Guard got called because, well, people were straight up rioting and looting. (laughs)
3: He it! it to the
0: Because, well, no, I'm black. And there's a thing within the black community. And we always see it on like the news and the media where black folks is portrayed as like rioters and looters versus white folk over there. You know, where they're like, oh, look at these white people surviving. And so I had a hard time putting this up because, well, I understand that as a black man, we're trying to work on like this new black man image and helping the black community. But this doesn't help. This doesn't help. But that's what I'm saying. They need these type of images of us over here, you know, robbing and stealing and killing stuff so they can have these stereotypes. It upsets me. This type of stuff upsets me. This type of behavior upsets me because it makes it hard for me to defend us. These aren't rioters. These aren't people that care about Walter Wallace Jr. These aren't people that care. And you got to think too, again, I have to say this. We start destroying these buildings. This is our community. Somebody has to pay for this. Insurance isn't going to pay for all this stuff. They start tearing out, they, they, they destroy all these things. You have businesses barely able to hang on right now because of this COVID-19 nonsense having to convert to 50, 50% occupancy and things like this. They're tearing down buildings like this, man. Guess where those people have to go? Online. And then still, who Bono, who stands to benefit? The telecom and the telehealth industries. That's who benefits. We talked about it just last week, where Jeff Bezos, Mark Zuckerberg, uh, Sergey Brin, uh, uh, Elon Musk, all the technocrats, all the archetypal technocrats, made a killing during this pandemic, and these people are barely able to hang on, having to play the same uh, the, the same game of cat and mouse that we are, and we're destroying it. It's a, it's, it's a darn shame, man. Let me get back into this. Uh, we put this up October 27th. It's from Zero Hedge. It says that the National Guard responds as thousands of looters ransack Philly in the second night of chaos. Reporter has been brutalized by BLM rioters. I hope that's just not a racial stereotype. It says after 30 officers were wounded on Monday evening, including one who remains hospitalized with a broken leg after being hit by a truck. Thousands of of looters massed in downtown Philadelphia on Tuesday for a second night of chaos where the entire big box department stores were emptied of merchandise while officers attacked and at least one reporter was badly beaten fewer police were injured on Tuesday possibly due to the fact that they gave the worst of the riders a wide berth or wide berth at one point uh, reporting that there were several thousand people in the afflicted area of west philadelphia looting stores and carrying off everything from from food to big screen TVs some on social media couldn't help but make light of the situation after all humor is one of the most effective coping mechanisms of course, it's not a riot without copious videos of massed thieves pouring out of department stores, clutching whatever merchandise they could grab. At one point, the rioters stopped to terrorize a Jewish neighborhood. Yeah, they, they accused the, 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 the people in the Jewish neighborhood of being uh, from the synagogue of Satan. Very, very crazy. And so I don't know if that's stoking racial tensions or what's going on, but you're going to have the political message of law and order coming from this. I think Trump came out saying, "Oh, you got to do something about this." But again, you got to look at the situation. People aren't able to work right now. And if they are able to work, they're not able to get like a living wage. I'm not saying this looting and stealing is justified, but you just got to look at the organization of it and how they just how, how how all of this is designed to disenfranchise people from their power. My god. Uh, Continuing on, it says that the driver of a stolen car recklessly slammed into another driver, tipping over a truck before the occupants of the stolen vehicle quickly scurried away. Philly's National Guard mobilized Tuesday in response to the prior night's unrest, and the police department said even more officers were on the streets. Some reported that a U-Haul was driven to a Walmart in Philly, where it was quickly loaded up with merchandise. Yeah.
1: Straight running through Philly. But what is this?
0: You see what I'm saying? This isn't really protesting. This isn't really sticking it to the man. This is a the community. This is putting people in poverty. This is destroying things, man. Like, that's the easiest way to say. And speaking of even more destruction, check this out right here. It says that during all of this chaos, they found a van full of explosives discovered in Philly on the third night of rioting. So uh, is it even about Walter Wallace Jr. at this point? I mean, my God, who's about to blow something up? Are you about to blow up the police station? What are we, a gang of jokers? Like, think about this. I'll, 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 I'll say a little bit of this and I'll play the quick clip for you guys. It says police in Philadelphia discovered a van packed with explosives and, quote, other suspicious equipment as the third night of rioting and looting was gripped by the city on Wednesday. ABC 6 reported that, quote, police recovered propane tanks, torches, and possible dynamite sticks from the van. The report add that, quote, the bomb squad is on the scene at this hour. The development comes after President Trump claimed police were told to stand back and, stop, and not stop the looting or rioting. Now, before I play this clip for you guys, again, you've got to look at all the other protests that happened this year. The, the coordination of it, the synchronization of it, the shutdown D.C. protest thing we just went over with you guys. The sad truth is, is you have people who are bored with all the supplies looking for like powder keg events to explode on. They want to deliver chaos and then watch people destroy themselves. Sad truth. And then I'm going to play this quick clip for you guys. I have seen clips of, I guess, a grand cyclops or a great wizard, whatever the KKK dragon guy person is, you know, whatever you want to call him. The one that wears the purple, the purple, the purple robe. And this is some racist stuff that I'm about to tell you guys. He says, you know what? We don't need to do anything to the black people. This this racist son of a gun. He says, you know what? On a good Friday, i like to go down there with a bunch of ammunition and, and, and alcohol and leave it for them. Because they'll do it to themselves. Because they'll do it to themselves. And is that not what this is right here? Somebody loading up a van full of explosives and ammunition hoping to God that the wrong person would get access to
4: it. ...material is abandoned on the Ben Franklin Parkway. The ATF was called to the scene overnight, all while more looting was reported throughout the city, despite a citywide curfew. Eyewitness News reporter Jane Caravail is live in Northeast Philadelphia, where several stores were damaged during the unrest. Good morning, Jan.
5: Jim, good morning. We're told just about over half of the stores here in this Northeast Philadelphia strip mall were damaged by vandals overnight. I was able to speak to a manager still on the scene. He tells me it was right around midnight when a group of people, he estimates between 12 and 15 people rolled up in cars, got out and then went business by business down this road, simply smashing windows. It does not appear they were looking to take anything from inside. This is a live look this morning at Red's Bar and Grill. You can see the front windows are smashed out. The manager has since cleaned up all of the broken glass and they have a piece of plywood out here this morning to start the cleanup process. And like I said, more than half of the stores here are looking at similar damage. Let's take a look at the video now, though. Earlier in the night, in a different part of the city, the ATF was busy investigating what they're calling a suspicious vehicle and device. This is North 19th Street and the Ben Franklin Parkway. Police tell us they responded for a report of a van carrying hazardous and explosive materials. When they arrived, investigators found propane tanks and torches. No one was with that van at the time, and no arrests have been made. In the meantime, back here in Northeast Philadelphia, at this shopping center at Solly in the Boulevard, owners are cleaning up broken glass. The vandals smashed the doors and windows at the Acme, a cleaner's, a wine and spirit shop, as well as Red's Bar and Grill. Take a listen to what happened there. At midnight,
4: we were inside and we were doing a couple clean job and everything, just trying to push the place up over the time. And we just seen a bunch of cars pull up, so we hit the lights. And soon as we know it, they come up with bats and just start smashing windows. And we heard windows down the road, down Acme Liquor Store, cleaners broke but luckily they just smashed our windows and knocked it out. The day just lapped over now, so it's a new day and it's also yesterday. So I don't know what to call it, but it's up day. I know that for sure.
5: Trying to keep it light there. Everyone is safe, and that's really all that matters at the end of the day. You can see there, they are still cleaning up down the row here. This is the wine and spirit shop, a whole lot of glass on the ground. They clearly broke through the plywood here, broke through the glass, and then into this store. I see a couple of bottles down the aisle there, broken, and some broken bottles here up front. But overall, it looks like a lot of their inventory is still intact. So a lot of damage out here. unclear if they were just looking to do damage or get inside at that bar and grill with the manager who we spoke to saying nothing was taken inside, just a lot of damage for them to clean up this morning. We're going to keep you up to date on both of those stories, but for now we're live in Northeast Philadelphia. Jan Carabas of 3 Eyewitness News. Back to you for another morning of cleanup.
0: Thanks, Jan. Thanks, Jan. So we have increasing levels of destabilization taking place. People Fired up because of the election, people angry because they're unable to work, people able people just generally upset because they're unable to do anything about the disposition they put themselves in. and so we have a very, very hostile environment being created to where they're telling you that, hey, politics is the only thing that can save this you can't you can't clean yourself up. you can't be a better person in your community. you can't organize. Politics is the only thing that can save you. And as we get closer to the election more and more people trying to become politically active, getting on social media, trying to get organized. You now have Facebook deploying aggressive measures to combat election unrest. That's right. They're basically just admitting that they're censoring you. That's all. They're just admitting that they're censoring you. That's the subtle nuanced way of going about things. That's why I'm being throttled right now. You may have noticed. You may have noticed that our like count, has significantly dwindled <laughs> almost to the point to where it's not worth it. But let's get into this. We put this up October 27th from signs of the time. It says as the U S braces for election related unrest next month, Facebook executives are implementing ex- emergency measures reserved at quote at risk countries in a company wide effort to bring down the online temperature. It says the wall street journal reported Sunday that the social media giant plans to, Limit the spread of viral content and lower the benchmark for suppressing potential for potentially inflammatory posts using internal tools previously deployed in Sri Lanka and Myanmar. (laughs) This says that the tools now a component of Facebook's strategy to prepare for the contentious U.S. election would only be activated in, quote, dire circumstances and incidents and, and instances of violence. People familiar with the matter just told the journal. The measures would loosen the threshold previously established for content deemed dangerous on the platforms and would slow down the dissemination of, spe- dissemination of specific posts as they begin to gain traction, the journal explains. An internal adjustment would also be applied to news feeds to control the content available to users. Basically, they're censoring people. They are throttling what you're able to see or what uh, Apple's Tim Cook says, curating content. Continuing on, it says, quote, deployed together, the tools could, after what tens of millions of American tool could uh, alter what tens of millions of Americans see when they log onto the platform, diminishing their exposure to sensationalism, incitements to violence and misinformation to the familiar, to the people familiar with the measures. The journal writes, but slowing down the spread of popular content could suppress some good faith political discussion, a prospect that makes some Facebook employees uneasy some of the people said. Yeah, this is why regardless of them having fact checkers like USA Today and factcheck.org, we're still able to get our information out. We have relatively viral content 24-7, but they don't want it out there. They don't want folks waking up. No, they just want you agitated, broken down, speaking to your echo chamber, unable to impact real change, because that's the thing. If people started if people started taking this same level of vitriolic focus politically, in their, locally, in their own area, we wouldn't be having these type of messes. But because we have such a crazy and charged and polarized mindset these days, that can't be on the Internet. And if it is, it's got to be throttled because people are very, very angry. There's a lot of people upset with the current way things are, and it's only going to get worse. Yeah. As they censor people, they're going to become more and more radicalized. If they don't have a voice to effectively express their displeasement and their disposition, they're going to be agitated. They're going to be radicalized. And that's why you see all these things taking place. People people are already angry. Then when I talk about the mental health epidemic, shucks, that's only one aspect of it. People are looking for a spiritual solution or a political solution to a deep spiritual problem. And unfortunately, we have answers for neither. It's getting crazy out there, but I'll tell you what else is crazy. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about more of this COVID, this branch COVIDian nonsense, uh, pandemic engineering, all the other strange things that are happening because of COVID that we can't see. Well, because of everything we just witnessed right there. Yeah, we still have a pandemic going on and we still have people doing all of this because of it. Deaths are skyrocketing. Suicides are skyrocketing. My God, some of the, 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 the mutations that are taking place because of this vaccine. It's crazy. You have health officials coming out saying that the first generation of vaccines are going to be useless. Oh, well, my God, why are we even doing this? We're going to be talking about this and more on the other side. Ladies and gentlemen, don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this.
6: Jones, Steven Crowder, and Owen Troyer, Gavin McGinnis, Proud Boy for Life, God my witness, Mark Levine, Dan Bondino, you do business, Diamond and Silk, and Candace Owens, Kanye West standing with you while the flag is blowing, across the pond, Paul are Joseph Watson, homie, you're the bomb like jihadis in Boston. Unintended, so don't get offended You snowflake Safe space finest dependence I'ma work my bloody hands at the bone While you dream about The day that you could Get Roger Stone. The deep state And cover is blown About time You said Tommy Robinson home Top off the jet You did a lot of things you regret Bill Clinton Flying up in that Lolita Express Shame on the man With the long tongue guys you to run from This land will not break down the middle Picking up steam Tennessee fiddle, Same on the ponies in the blue states, Rocking video games with your roommates, you don't want to go to war with the right side, we've been looking forward to a fight for a long time. You're not a racist if you voted for Trump, you're not a bigot if you wear a MAGA hat and get jumped, you're not a sexist if your girl makes you breakfast, you're not a privileged white male, just ignore the idiot leftist my family fought to survive but they thrived with the immigrants who worked till they died and they never had a beef with any temple or tribe this is media controlling your minds
3: together
4: we will make america strong again we will make america wealthy again we will make america
6: I bleed red, white, and blue Homegrown and down to get dirty I'm a mean south with my whole 30-30 Brother, we can get it if you cross that
4: Boys. right from the left. Boys, stand back and stand by but I'll tell you what I'll tell you what
1: somebody's got to do something about antifa and the left because Welcome back. Welcome back.
0: You know, it is getting kind of crazy out there. No, no matter how you slice it, and the thing is, is you can't hide from it. And I think that's also a good thing because a lot of people have been on the fence, unfortunately, and I can understand their hesitation. We're talking about a corrupt system and you not wanting to expose it. But understanding what comes, in, what comes with that expose and all those revelations and having to live in that. But as I told you guys earlier this week, now it's falling on you. You've got to do something. You've got to be the freedom faction in your own community. You've got to be whatever politician you want to be. You've got to be whatever type of entertainer. You've got to be the type of truth seeker that's necessary. Not only to wake people up about the systemic injustices we cover over here, but also about the social, the cultural, and the the social, cultural, and psychological uh, things that are going on right now. Because we are really being bombarded in so many different ways. Um, and thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for tuning into this edition. Well, and
1: while we won't be talking about, uh,
0: while we won't be talking so much about, uh, all of this spiritual aspect stuff, we'll save that for the next segment. We're going to be talking about COVID-19. And I got to say this real quick, um, just because it's, it's, it's another personal thing to kind of catch you guys up with like where my head is at and why things seem so fast paced and why some of the episodes are crazy. Again, this new job I've started and, uh, I mentioned it to the last, to the exclusive members. The last time we did an episode, it is, um, it's not time consuming, but it is very tedious and I do appreciate it. The mental stimulation, uh, the money I'm making, it doesn't hurt either, but, what I'm trying to say is you may notice that I'm kind of all over the place and some of my thoughts aren't as complete as you guys are used to. That's because I'm still trying to get accustomed to this new job, new responsibilities, the money that's coming in, how I need to redirect these funds to improve upon what we're doing and more. Uh, and so just bear with me as we adjust. Um, this is, again, what I tried to talk to you guys about a couple weeks ago. That's why we've got new sound. You know, we're doing new we're We're, we're trying to do a lot of different things. Uh, And with that comes a lot of different change, a lot of different change, a lot of different hiccups and stuff that's not what you're familiar with. And so I just want you guys to bear with me as we grow and continue to make changes. Uh, Speaking of one of those changes, this is just something I did. I think we're going to go ahead and make a Telegram channel instead of a Discord channel or Shucks, we might even just do both. Um, But Telegram, I think, is an easier way for us to go about sharing the information. I'll put the link for that in the description bar below. So you guys can join. It's nothing major um, because the app service we were using, that does not work for us. Flat, flat out. It just does not work for us. Uh, it, 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 it just does not work for us. And with the information that we need to be given out at the, at, at the level we need to give it out, I can't rely on like a system like that. So just give us time to adapt to some of the changes that are taking place. Um, and again, just expand, expand what we're doing and inspire courage while doing so. And so i um, sorry to have that little derailment and that deviation, but there's a lot of different things going on over here on this other side of the aisle, guys. And it's all to bring you not only supreme content, but also keeping you up to date with what's going on in my own personal life and what's required of everybody as we step forward into this future, because life is not a spectator sport and you really do have to risk it to get the biscuit and you only get in what you put in. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, And with that being said, let's start talking about this segment, pandemic engineering, other crazy things that are taking place in the country because of covid. Uh, I want to bring your attention to something that I posted just last week. Some of the insanity that we see going on right there. It says that police are beginning to show up at people's houses in El Paso, Texas. They're showing up to people's houses, demanding for them to drop blood. Uh, let me let me read a little bit of this, and then we'll continue on. It says that we all knew that the COVID nineteen eighty four pandemic was going to cause the loss of our personal individual freedoms, our liberties, as well as our rights. But now tyranny has risen in Texas, and people are showing up at the doorsteps of citizens deemed non compliant with co- with contact tracing measures in El Paso, Texas, and ordering them to a fourteen day quarantine. It says, co- it says cases of coronavirus are once again spiking in urban areas across Texas but the state has done the unthinkable. Well, at least what we thought. Quote, this is America. What happened in China can't happen here, right? Well, I guess we were wrong. Police have turned to drastic measures to curb the spread of the virus across the U.S., not just in Texas, but the entire country is facing a loss of liberties. This week, police officers were dispatched to the homes of residents who have tested positive in the Texas city of El Paso to order them to a 14-day quarantine. Those who disobey could find themselves brought before a judge or facing a $500 fine.
4: Officials say they have to take a more
3: aggressive approach. ABC 7's JC Navarrete has a look at the message the city is taking to get a grasp on COVID-19. He joins us live, JC. That's right, Eric Saola, knock on your door or a ring of your doorbell are very real possibilities from law enforcement and health officials for anyone not cooperating with the contact tracing process. This, as El Paso hits an all-time high in active cases. This is a very concerning situation. We have seen increasing cases, hospitalizations, and deaths from
4: COVID-19. That is not stopping. Sydney County Health Authority, Dr. Hector Ocaranza, not missing words, as the number of active cases has now surpassed 6,000. In the last eight days, more than 3,000 additional cases were also reported. With the full season in full swing, Officials are not concerned about the spike in hospitalizations.
3: When you combine the influenza plus the COVID, it will overwhelm our health care system very easily if we don't take personal responsibility.
4: Texas Governor Greg Abbott has already laid out the benchmarks of what happens if hospitalizations climb above
3: 15%. In which he's going to be implementing restrictions. But nonetheless, we're not going to be waiting for the governor to implement restrictions we needed to start implementing those restrictions and our restrictions are going to be stricter appointed director of the el paso public health department saying health officials cannot do their job once the contact tracing process gets combative they hang up on us they they challenge our authority Uh, in many cases they tell us that they know better uh, how to take care of their families we are immediately with dr Ocaraza's assistance uh, we are issuing health orders that are delivered by a police officer and a public health official to their to their domicile.
4: To who that the situation More than 200 days we've been in this pandemic.
3: It's really frustrating when someone who's been locked down themselves of their own volition, um, then somehow they get COVID. And it's because out in the world, not everyone is acting that way. And so, um, yeah, it is really frustrating. Now, officials believe that part of this huge spike that we're seeing right now is due in part to many bars that have converted into restaurants, and some of those establishments just aren't following those health guidelines. So, again, tonight, a good reminder to follow the contact tracing process to make your life and everybody else's life easier. Reporting live in West El Paso, Jason
1: Navarrete, ABC 7.
0: Thank you, JC. Thank you, JC. He's just telling you to be compliant. What's, What's wrong with you? You see, it's because of people like you that we're still in this pandemic. Yeah, you know, just put the mask on. What are you doing having, you know, freedoms and opinions and things like that? It's because of people like you that we're unable to get out of this pandemic. Yeah, people go into bars and restaurants. <laughs> these people, these, these people going outside, look at them. How dare they? Well, wow, you know, and now you have places like the UK saying that it will force people <laughs> and this is just insane. Force people to stop social gatherings. Don't worry, we'll get into that. Oh, don't you worry. We will for sure get into that, but before we do so, think about this. They're telling you this is this is the this is the insane double of what we're dealing with right now. And I kind of went over it earlier this week whenever I I read about uh, the Great Reset. They're saying that COVID-19 messed up the economy and that we've got to do better things to fix it. It's like, so let me get this straight. My governments are telling me that I'm not allowed to work, and yet I'm the problem. So how does this work? Well, that's, that's the problem. You're thinking too hard. It's not supposed to work. If anything... No one's supposed to work. And what do I mean by this? Check this out. Tonight on Hour 18,
4: Chicago clamps down on businesses as the number of new coronavirus
3: cases rises more than 50% week over week. A new
4: business curfew will go into effect tomorrow from 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. That means all non-essential businesses, including bars and restaurants, must close during that time. All liquor sales must stop at 9 p.m. That includes restaurants, bars, and grocery stores. And all bars that don't have
3: a food license can no longer serve customers inside. This is a critical moment for us, and it's really going to determine what we all are experiencing for months to come. I cannot understate and underscore that enough. What we do now will make the difference between what our future looks like and what it could be.
4: This is both Illinois and Indiana, both set new records today, not seen since the pandemic began. In Illinois, more than 4,900 cases. You see it right there. Indiana. More.
0: Tonight on Hour 18, Chicago, Clamstown. That was Mayor Lori Lightfoot, but uh, this comes from the Georgia Port feed. They put this up October 23rd. it says citing the recent rise in COVID-19 cases in Chicago. Mayor Lori Lightfoot said that a business curfew in the city will start Friday, October 23rd. For non-essential businesses and to go on for two weeks, my foot said that in that the city is in the second surge of covid nineteen, the business curfew goes for two weeks in the hopes of stemming the spread of this disease starting friday october twenty third at six p six a m all non-essential businesses will be closed to the public from ten eight from ten p m to six a m and all liquor stores will stop after nine p m Essential businesses like grocery stores, pharmacies, and restaurants will take out with takeout delivery services are exempt. Life said that she would not hesitate to roll back the city to phase three or a stay on place if things get worse. Yet, yeah, thank God that we've got the government to allow us to let us work. What this is going to do is create like an underground economy because you cannot tell people not to work and then, and, and, and then punish them whenever they try to feed their families because the government cannot be God. What's happening right now is no longer a trial run of communism. But an example of the future, if we don't begin to step up and take our our freedoms back, get people in the office that have any of these type of views or begin to, again, vote with our dollars and vote with our lifestyle. The problem is, is this is teaching obedience and people have been disfranchised from their power. We don't know how to create uh, pocket economies. We don't know how to be counter economists. We don't even have savings. My God, a lot of us have lived paycheck to paycheck. So this is teaching us a harsh lesson not only like in economy, but in in, in socioeconomics and sociopolitical structures and things like this, giving too much power to these politicians has literally robbed us of our rights and our abilities to feed ourselves. That is dangerous. And the very fact that you have people going to the voting booth right now thinking that this is a good model, that we need government to think more for us, that they need to tell us what to do, that we can't even go boost our immune system, take vitamins, I mean, my God, didn't that go on in, in in Michigan? no, in Michigan, it wasn't vitamins that they shut down. It was garden supplies. They didn't want people to plant food for themselves and here I am over here, starting the show having uh deviled eggs and hard-boiled eggs and uh steak and stuff like that, and all kind- all kinds of healthy food. But this is the problem. they don't want people to be self-sufficient That's why they say growing your growing a garden, having commodities. That's like printing your own food. We've 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 we have unfortunately talked about this in the past, and we don't have time to go over it now. But the mindset of a consumer versus a producer. Somebody, uh, somebody creating their own food security. Uh, Insanity, truly insane. But again, think about this. You've got all these protests going on. I don't I don't have time to go on on this whole separate jag. What I'm just trying to think about briefly real quick as we move on to our next article is just the economic impacts of shutting down a business like that, saying that, hey, you have a curfew now. Maybe it's because I come from a small town where they had curfews. And I appreciate living like in a big city where everything's like, well, not really big city, but a a bigger town than what I'm where I came from. Everything's kind of 24 seven. Things are always moving. The economic impacts of like instant implementing a curfew are going to be pretty harsh. I mean, people don't people don't live like that. Uh, but I digress. Everybody wants to play the chicken game. Um, this is going to create an underground economy. I think everybody sees that speakeasies and places where you have passwords to get into, where you leave your phone like at the door, where you leave your home your phone at home and stuff like this. It's going to create an economy like that because check this out right here. Former FDA commissioner promotes social engineering, says that the goal should be to make masks a social and cultural norm. And this is off of the heels of technocrat Anthony Fauci saying that he's calling for a national mask mandate. Yeah. Anthony Fauci. Anthony Fakey. Fausty. This article, this article comes from Sons of Liberty Media. It's written by Max Lavo. They put this up October 26th. It says that the ruling class is attempting to change the behavior of the public using social engineering. There's an effort to get people symbolically muzzled by any means necessary with the, quote, goal of making masks a social and cultural norm. Many tyrants are calling for a face mask mandate. A former a former commissioner of the United States Food and Drug Administration says it may be time for a national mask mandate. In an op ed for The Wall Street Journal, Dr. Scott Gitlieb wrote that the mandate could be, quote, limited and temporary. Quote, a mandate can be expressly limited to the next two months, Gottlieb wrote, adding that it's easier to wear a mask in the winter than in the summer. Quote, the inconvenience would all would allow the country to preserve health care capacity at, and keep more schools and businesses open. States should be able to choose how to enforce a mandate, but the goal should be to make masks a social and cultural norm, not a political statement. He wrote, quote, mandating masks has become divisive only because it was framed that way by some politicians and commentators. Gottlieb agrees that with head, me- with head medical tyrant Dr. Anthony Fauci, that the ritualistic shame muzzle should be forced on everyone. Quote, if people are not wearing masks, then maybe we should mandate it. Dr. Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, told CNN's Aaron Burnett on Friday. Brace yourselves for the possibility of another lockdown. Quote, we're at a dangerous tipping point right now, got told Margaret Brennan Sunday on CBS's, CBS's Face the Nation. But we're entering what's going to be the steep slope, or the steep slope of the curve, the epidemic curve. The most alarming part of all this is the attempts to engineer a massive disconnect that they want between families. In Maryland, the governor said this week that family gatherings were the number one source of transmission in the state, followed by house parties. And in North Carolina, health officials reported that its highly, da- highly da- highest daily case count on Friday, and said that they continue to see clusters f- from social and religious gatherings. Yeah, you see, as we get closer
1: to the holiday season, there,
0: listen, listen to me. Kerry Wedler said this the right way. And I'm, as we get closer to the holiday season, you have people making choices. What's going to rule you, politics or your traditional and social and cultural norms? Kerry Wedler of the anti-media said it so perfectly last year that I all I can do is reference back to it. The most dangerous religion in the world is statism. Do you understand why we keep our finger on the pulse of China? Because there shall be no other religion other than the state. They want Xi Jinping to be your god. And we're beginning to adopt those very same characteristics here in America. you understand how terrifying that you is? You've, you've, you've got people saying, hey, you're not allowed to have family gatherings. Yeah, unfortunately, I didn't get the clip together for you guys. Uh, but one of the one of the uh, one of the technocrats from the United Nations said that a lot of the transmission is happening in the home. This is where contact tracing comes in, quarantine facilities, and things like this, forcibly removing people from their home because of this political thing that's going on right now. Imagine that: social gatherings, bars. Uh, uh, family gatherings. Look at these people being human. Shuts. we got to shut it down. And now, that's right, and now, you have the UK police force saying that it will break up Christmas gatherings to enforce the COVID rules.
1: you imagine that? You're over there opening up presents on
0: your Christmas day. Cops come in. They're like, hey, I see you guys are Outside of your occupancy rate here, one of you's got to go. One of you has got to go.
1: Does your faith mean that much to you? Does your traditions
0: mean that much to you? Or are you willing to be that much of a virtue signaler? Are we willing to pander that much to it? You see, this is big brother. This is what happens when you have the nanny state, when they think that, again, we're incapable of taking care of ourselves. This is a very, vain, a very very dangerous slope we're on. Not a steep slope, but a very dangerous one. This article comes from Paul Joseph Watson. We put this up October 28th. They wrote that over there at uh, summit.news. This says that a police force in the UK has vowed to break up Christmas family gatherings that violate coronavirus social distancing restrictions. The West Midlands Police and Crime Commissioner David Jameson said that the police force wouldn't hesitate to intervene in situations where the rules were being broken. Quote, if we think there's large groups of people gathering where they shouldn't be, then police will have to intervene. If, again, there's flagrant breaking of the rules, then the police would have to enforce. Jameson remarked, the West Midlands is currently under a tier two lockdown, which means that it's illegal for two separate households to mix indoors although there appears to be widespread non-compliance across the country. After BBC journalist Victoria Debershire said she would break the rules to see her family at Christmas, she was forced to recant and apologize. Respondents to the news vented their fury. It's almost as if the politicians and the police are deliberately trying to provoke people. If they do this at the Christmas thing, they will get very, very nasty. Things will get very, very nasty quickly. It is now time to stand up. Against tyranny added another. Others pointed out that without a warrant, police wouldn't legally be able to enter homes to enforce the rules. Yeah, because there is this thing called the rule of law. I'm not going to let you just walk inside of my house because you peeped through a slit in the in the mailbox and thought that would be a good thing to do. That'll be a good thing to get your eye cut. That's very silly, though. But think about that. They literally have people kn- knowing that they are upsetting people and they're going to go ahead and do this anyway.
1: How dangerous is that?
0: It's not, it's not like they're going to come hose you down with uh, some kind of sterilizing spray or anything like that, or sanitation spray or hit you with a UV light. They're just going to arrest you. Think about the draconian and jackbooted stupidity of what that is. And uh, again, the double speak because the, The masks are only for the normal people. What about the cops coming into contact with people? The logic behind this is so foolish that if anything, we should call out the people who are enforcing this. The cops that go along with this are part of the problem.
1: Because again, it's monkey see, monkey do.
0: It's a very, again, just a very, very dangerous phrase or a dangerous place to be in. But think about that. Again, that's cancel culture right there. The COVID-19 would be so powerful that it would be able to shut down people's ability to celebrate Christmas. They can't even get away from all this nonsense. They can't travel from it. They can't celebrate good times with their family because, well, they'll be, they could be violating the social distancing guidelines. And what happens if you don't want to opt into this whole little charade? What happens if you don't want to play along?
1: Very, very dangerous, my friends. Very,
0: very dangerous. But because of this, right? Look at this right here. Opioid deaths rising amid coronavirus lockdowns. Yeah, because of this, you got people taking drugs. You got them drinking. You got them drinking. You got them smoking. We've talked about, again, the suicides the overdoses that I'm going to be getting into here with you guys, it, it, it,
1: it adds up. This is,
0: these, these are people's lives that, regardless of how you feel, they're being messed with. Even uh, Attorney General William Barr said that we put some folks on house arrest. You have some people that haven't left their house throughout the entirety of this pandemic. And other people don't have that level of mental constitution or 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 insanity; they can't do that. You cannot lock down life, and when you do so, you're only inviting death. This is scary this is scary to me. this is sad and scary at the same time to me. An article by Ricky Sopar over there at Times and they put this up october twenty sixth and think about this. Unfortunately, this is something we already inherently know when you when you again when you're not allowing people to work when you're shutting down their ability to make money for themselves, the lifestyle that they had prior to this, we've covered that over here on the show because they had access to the, they had access to the Netflix, to the Grubhub, to the Uber, to the, all these things, to, to, to the gym life, to the, uh, to the church life, to all these different avenues. And now they're being told to stay inside of your room, log on to Bill Gates's software, do Bill Gates's technology, and then engage in, you know, your, 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 your social job or whatever it is. People are dying right now, both spiritually, mentally, and emotionally. Things are atrophying and the opioid deaths. This is just one manifestation of it. People are trying to drown out the pain. But some of that silence is too loud. Let's get into this. It says opioid deaths are spiking in places across the U.S. The states remain locked down during the ongoing battle against the coronavirus, state and Healthy Count officials reported this month. While national data isn't available for the most of 2020, several individual states are reporting an increase in opioid overdoses, opioid overdose deaths amid the coronavirus pandemic. Health officials and experts have cited increased isolation and job loss due to statewide shutdowns as possible factors for the surge in drug-related deaths. Quote, the pandemic has really increased the factors or the risk factors for substance abuse disorder Rebecca Schultz, Director of Community Health and on at the Onondaga County Health Department, told Syracuse.com. Opioid deaths in Onondaga County, New York jumped to eighty-six in the first six months of twenty twenty, according to the County Health Department. This number was nearly doubled by was nearly doubled the reported forty-four fatalities in the first half of twenty nineteen. The outlet reported citing County Medical Examiner's Office. Oregon saw a 70% increase in opioid overdose deaths in April and May 2020 compared to the same time last year the Oregon Health Authority said it says while the department called the rise a quote alarming spike it also said that it was quote premature to say how much of the spike in overdose deaths is attributed to the COVID-19 pandemic quote however the realization that we will be dealing with the COVID-19 for some time and other stresses related to jobs school and social isolation may increase feelings of anxiety and depression, and that can lead to a harmful level of alcohol and other drug use, said Tom Janine or Jan, deputy state health officer and, Step and deputy state epidemiologist. It just goes on to talk about the overdoses, the overdoses that are taking place. And so think about this. You're not able to work. You're not able to go outside and you're only saving grace is maybe if somebody you might, you might not like in your entirety, in, in, in their entirety on the TV can save you from it. This is what I mean by traumatizing people. This is what I mean by locking them down, breaking them of their will, disenfranchising them of their power, and making them in, unable to effectively express their displeasement.
1: COVID-19 is a war against humanity. It's a war against logic. It's
0: a war against you. You see? And that's why we have to fight. We don't get the option. Again, we don't get the option to sit back and watch. Because as we do, they're going to take it in different steps, different tiers. They have a a scientific and incremental plan to what they're doing. The sophistication of our adversaries cannot be overstated which is why we need things like this right here. The University of California has been sued for making the flu shot mandatory because if it's the flu shot now, it'll be the coronavirus tomorrow. An article written by Aaron Walia over there at Collective Evolution, they put this up October 23rd, and let me say this while we're talking about Collective Evolution, they were recently taken down as well. Over 5 million fans over there on FedBook, and their page has been disabled because they don't want people talking about these things. Not only flu shot, mandatory things and stuff like that, but also being able to have a focal point that has history showing their credibility. How long do you think it took to get 5.1 million followers? And what they were able to amass, the influence and the pool they had, the job that they were able to create, the network that they were able to host, this is what I mean by the recreation of, the, of, 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 uh, of communities, building a system to combat the technocracy. But let's get back to that, combating the technocracy, suing colleges for making vaccines mandatory. It says that the University of California is one of the many in the United States that have made the flu shot mandatory for all students, staff and faculty. Prior to now, it remained a choice for people. Originally, flu shots were required to be taken by November 1st of this year, according to UC. It's a, quote, provocative measure to help protect members of the UC community and the public at large, and to ameliorate the severe burden of, of, on health systems anticipated during the coming fall and winter from the influenza and COVID-19. Due to the growing amount of evidence that vaccines are not completely safe for everyone, let alone completely safe, attorneys Rick Jaffe. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., renowned attorney and chair of the Children's Health Defense, are now suing the University of California for mandating a flu shot. It says that the mandate went into full effect July 31, 2020, and the latest update is that the UC has temporarily halted the mandate until November fourth, when Judge Richard Siebel will determine whether or not UC can or cannot mandate the flu vaccine. According to Greg, Greg Glazer, general counsel at the Physicians for Formed, Consent, quote, in this lawsuit against the UC Board of Regents over their new flu vaccine mandate, some of the some of the world's top experts have provided declarations opposing the flu shot mandate. The declaration will have a significant impact on decisions made regarding public health. Dr. Shira Miller, founder and, present, and president of the PIC, says that, quote, there's data showing that the flu shot increases one's chance of non-flu illnesses by 65% meaning that not only does the mandate lack scientific justification, but it puts UC students, faculty, and staff at a greater risk of respiratory illnesses. The study references or referenced in the UC region's flu vaccine mandate suggested positive inf- effects of the flu vaccine on the incident of illness caused by the flu viruses. However, that benefit may be outweighed by an increase in non-flu respiratory illnesses. And although the possibility has been studied, there is no evidence that the vaccine, Prevents the spread of influenza. So why in God's name are we getting a coronavirus vaccine? Why? Because this is, what happened to my body, my choice, right? Whatever happened to that? Being able to decide what goes on inside of your own body. But see, you can't have that. You can't have people thinking for themselves. You've got to have everybody on the same page. You see, and this is why we need people like Robert F. Kennedy Jr., why we need organizations like the Collective Evolution. This is why we need all these different facets fighting for your freedoms, fighting for your rights, because to a degree, we all don't know how to. We all just know how to say no, but we don't know how to stop these things, not only for ourselves, but for those that come after. Because check this out and we're seeing this stuff happen in live time. I told you this just the other week, we are witnessing a global experiment with this COVID-19 vaccine. Check it out. AstraZeneca says that it's that its coronavirus vaccine triggers the immune response in adults. <laughs> so so you know how last week I told you guys that over here they're having some issues over, over with, with one company, they're having issues. One person experienced death, but they continue the trials. Other people are having spinal inflammation, all kinds of strange things associated with it, right? Johnson and Johnson playing thousands, playing a hundred million to end their, their talcum powder lawsuits, but they're going to get in vaccine manufacturers, uh, manufacturing, <laughs> all the other crazy stuff that's going on. And we're literally seeing this experiment happen in front of us. They're pushing people inside of this inside of this wood chipper, hoping to God that they can convince the public to take it. It's crazy.
1: (laughs) It is generally crazy.
0: And you again, you've got scientists in the UK saying that many, if not all of the COVID-19 vaccine projects could fail. That's for sure that the first generation is going to be <laughs> imperfect. Bill Gates himself has told you that these vaccines are going to cause and they're going to hurt people. It's going to be a binary weapon. You get one vaccine up front and then you get another. This is so dangerous. Right here, Let me read a little bit of this and then we'll continue on. I'll oh, put this up October 26th. It comes from Jax Phillips over there at the Epoch Times. It says drug manufacturer AstraZeneca said its CCP virus vaccine can trigger an immune response among adults, including among the young and the old. AstraZeneca, which is developing the possible vaccine, along with the University of Oxford, said adverse responses to the vaccine among the elderly were found to be lower. Quote, it is encouraging to see immunogenicity responses were similar between older and younger adults and their reactogenicity were lower in older adults, where the COVID-19 vaccine disease severity is higher. An AstraZeneca spokesperson told the news outlet on Monday morning, quote, "The results further build the body of evidence for the safety and immu- immunogenicity of AZD1222." The spokesman added, referring to the technical name for the vaccine. A spokesman for Oxford University said the results quote, mark a key milestone in the development of a vaccine, while reassuring that, quote, the, that the vaccine is safe for use and induces strong immune responses in both parts of the immune system in all adult groups. Data from the analysis were submitted to, peer, to a peer-reviewed study. for peer-reviewed journal said Oxford and AstraZeneca, although it's not clear when a study could be published. Oxford is the sponsor of the CCP virus vaccine trials in the UK, the Chinese Communist Party virus, while AstraZeneca is the sponsor in the United States. In the United States, it says that the trials were delayed in September and in most of October. According to an information sheet, Published online, Oxford University participants had some, quote, unexplained neurological symptoms, which included limb weakness or unusual sensations, but it added that there were, quote, insufficient evidence to say that the symptoms were, quote, were or were not related to the vaccine. In each of these cases, after considering the information, independent reviewers recommended that vaccination should continue. Close monitoring of the affected individuals and other participants will be continued, With any new medicine or vaccine, there is always a possibility of an unexpected side effect. The sheet added. So when I told you a couple weeks ago,
1: that right now, again, global experiment
0: that, yeah, no, people are dying. Yeah, no, they're experiencing spinal inflammation, uh, unusual, uh, unusual sensations, uh, uh, strange neurological disorders. Yeah, no, for sure. But we're going to keep continuing because it's all for the name of science. Yeah, even if you have people in the UK saying that uh, the first wave is likely to be imperfect, uh, probably all of the vaccines are, you know, not going to work, but we should still try because they're trying to find a cure for the common cold.
1: Everybody has it.
0: But they want people To step up and get that shot. They need you to sacrifice yourself for the name of science. Some of this stuff is kind of crazy. And it's kind of scary just to think about. I I really can't help but think about that. Because this last and final article. That I want to bring to your attention. Is something deep down. That everybody already kind of knows. We've talked about it on the show. But at the same time, it should terrify you because we're talking about what they call the next step in human evolution. Why is this vaccine so dangerous? Well, right here, Operation Warp Speed Head and Gates Foundation are pushing bioelectronics and vaccine patches.
1: That's right. right. Uh, Trump's
0: vaccines are Monsef Slaoui is teaming up with the Gates Foundation to create what they consider as the whole next generation of vaccines. We've covered it over here on the show before as well. Uh, DARPA creating the bioelectronic feedback chips, implantable microchips, and things like this. You see, that's why you've really got to say, are these vaccines? Are these real vaccines that are designed to actually make you immune to a virus? Or is this some type of very, very clever technology? Why is there so much controversy surrounding this? Why are we having the military deploy these vaccines? This is an article written by Derek Burroughs via The Last American Vagabond, but it's been reposted over the Technocracy News. They put this up October 27th, and there is no way I will be able to get through all of this article. It's a very, very lengthy one. I'll be sure to put it in the description bar below so you guys can check it out. But it goes on to talk about bioelectronic and vaccine patches things like that, implantable microchips, Iran, and so forth. Because again, this isn't just about COVID-19, and this also isn't just about public health. It's about global health. Vaccine identification. Do you have your shots? This is the technocracy. And in the technocracy, there are only transhumans. Let me get into this. It says it's not too complicated. Trump's appointee to head to head Operation Warp Speed, Dr. Monsef Slowy was hired as a contractor instead of a government employee, thus allowing him to sidestep the conflict of interest charges. Yet he presides over the US, the U.S. military's massive campaign to flood America with COVID-19 vaccines. Operation Warp Speed is a public-private partnership with huge fascist overtones. PPPs were originally created as a United Nations program, to bond private industry to government, this is a contradiction to the U.S. Constitution, Article, Sec, Article Five or Article Four, or Section Four, which states that "quote the United States shall guarantee to every state in this union a republican form of government." Where the federal government itself ceases to be a "quote republican form of government," it leaves little hope for the rest of the nation. To understand the goals of Operation Warp Speed, we must understand Dr. Monslev Slowy and his connections to Big Pharma and the Gates Foundation. In mid May, Donald Trump announced that he was appointing Dr. Monslev Slowy, a former executive with vaccine manufacturer GlaxoSmithKline, to lead Operation Warp Speed, a public private partnership launched by the Trump administration to rapidly develop and distribute a COVID 19 vaccine. Dr. Slowy was a professor of immunology at the University of Mons, Belgium. Slaoui earned a Ph.D. in molecular biology and immunology from the Université Libre Libre de Bruxelles, Belgium, and and completed postdoctoral studies at Harvard Medical School and Tufts University School of Medicine in Boston. Following his education, Slaoui joined the pharmaceutical industry serving on the board of directors of GlaxoSmithKline between 2006 through 2015. Slawi served in several senior research and development roles with GlaxoSmithKline during his time with the company, including chair, chairman of Global Vaccines. More recently, Slawi sits on the board of several pharmaceutical companies and biotechnology organizations. In 2016, Slawi was appointed to the board of directors of Moderna Therapeutics, a biotech company that is leading the way for the messenger RNA therapeutics and vaccines. Moderna is developing one of the COVID-19 vaccines which might be administered to the public. When Slaoui was appointed to the the head Operation Warp Speed, critics noted that the conflicts of interest related to him him, leading the effort to develop a COVID-19 vaccine while holding stock and two of the leading vaccine manufacturers. Slaoui said that he would sell his Moderna stocks worth a reported $12 million and resign from the board of directors. However, in a recent interview, Slaoui said that he was keeping around $10 million of the stock in his former company GlaxoSmithKline, calling the shares his retirement. ProPublica also reported that <laughs> although Slawi committed his, committed to donating any increase in the value of his holdings to the National Institutes of Health, Slawi's contract with the government specifies that donations, quote, may occur on the last death of the employee and his or her spouse. Slawi is currently 61 years old. This means that Slawi will profit off of his shares and the COVID-19 vaccines for the rest of his life. Another conflict involves federal law that requires government officials to reveal personal financial records and divest from companies related to their work. Slowy would not take the job under those conditions and instead was hired as a contractor. This move allows Slowy to operate under different ethical and financial rules. So fascism or corporatism in its highest and purest form pulling over people that work within the big pharmaceutical industry to come over and administer their health advice to the public.
1: in sanity.
0: But I think the bigger thing that we're truly missing here, team, is the fact that you now have corporations who are designed to sell you a drug telling you how to take care of yourself. The fact that you have them trying to socially engineer people, telling them that a mask will save them from a virus and that they're going to need a vaccine still, too. Think of the doublespeak that's going on here. Think about the abdication of one's own identity. Think about the abdication of one's own rights. Right here, health experts are saying that mask wearing will remain mandatory even after a COVID Vaccine, yeah, because it's not about the vaccine, and it's not about the virus; it's about compliance. And as I said throughout the entirety of this, I think we have been infected with authoritarianism, and it's on us to fight this at every
1: single step. But speaking of steps,
0: we're going to step out on you real quick. When we come back, we're going to be talking about all of these other corrupt, corruption, corrupt connections that are coming out. Hunter Biden's laptop. I mean that. <laughs> where is Hunter? Nobody seems to know. It's like he stepped out on us. It's like the world found out what was on his laptop, and like his father, he was told to sit down. But see, he's not the only one that has corrupt connections. That's right. As I mentioned earlier at the start of the show, Keith Raniere, the founder of that strange cult, the Nixivum cult, he's been sentenced to jail a hundred and twenty years in prison oh man we have a lot of different things coming up in this next segment 109 human trafficking victims found and rescued in ohio as well as illicit text messages that come from hunter biden's phone showing inappropriate actions with a minor yeah a lot of things are going on with this hunter biden laptop the fact that he is a chinese spy and more is being talked about on the other side ladies and gentlemen Don't go anywhere. This is Freedom Faction over here on Factions of Freedom. And we'll be right back right after this.
3: In a world where secret powers are at play, where nothing is as it seems, one brand of clothing gives Crusaders of Truth a voice. One brand. In the fight against terror, deceit, and destruction. We are not merchants of fear. We are not a parody of free thinkers. It
7: was almost like they ignored it because they wanted it to happen. I
3: occasionally think how quickly our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat. This season, get ready to awaken the masses. Forget the politicians. Politicians are put there to give you the idea that you have freedom of
7: choice. You don't. You have no choice. You have owners. They own you. Forbidden club. Because
3: if you know you...
7: I learned a lot. Anyway, uh, Bo, uh, Bo is associated here. Anyway, the point I want to make is, uh, I learned so much. I learned so much. I learned black, white, all colors, all backgrounds, but I mean, men, women, gay, straight, everyone deserves a shot, you know. Come on, man. You know I used to come up, reach in the pool, and rub my leg down, so it was straight and then watch the hair, come back up again, I learned about kids jumping on my lap, I love kids jumping on my lap, oh, oh, I'm in trouble, trouble, what are we, nuts, dead, 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 you know, come on, man. Oh, man, give me a little break here, get a life, faking cocaine or not, what do you think, come on, man, black, white, all colors, all backgrounds, That's what I mean, come on, man, men, women, gay, straight.
1: Welcome back. Konnichiwa. Or howdy. What's happening? So I'll, I'll just
0: stick to salutations, my friends. <laughs> salutations. And thank you for tuning in to the final segment of this week's episode, Corrupt Connections. Yeah, you see, we don't just get up here and start talking about one big club and how we're all not in it. We don't just get up here and talk about Jeffrey Epstein, you know, being one of the most prolific pedophiles of our time frame. We don't just talk about like organized human trafficking and child sex trafficking and child sex abuse and all this stuff. I don't just pull this stuff out of nowhere. These aren't just headlines. This is research. This is truth.
1: These are things that are happening. And as much as people would like to deny them, we can't you can't There's a lot of information
0: there there's a lot of there is a lot of information uh about how again they use child sex abuse and child sex trafficking as a form of blackmailing to get people to get in line I mean isn't that why Harvey Weinstein went away? Isn't that why Kevin Spacey made all those like creepy videos basically threatening the establishment saying that you will not put me away? Isn't this why the whole Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself thing is there? Well, I mean, you couldn't have Hunter Biden kill himself because, well, he's under investigation. There's all kinds of stuff going on and they need him alive. You know, when we, when we start talking about all these topics, we're not just pulling this from thin air.
1: That would be foolish.
0: No. what we're talking about is the real epidemic. Not COVID-19. The real epidemic of evil. And as I've said, as evil evolves, righteousness must rise to quell it. And it will. And while it may seem as if evil has a leg up on us right now, that is not the case. Because this is a fight. And for any people that have been in a fight, <laughs> you know that you know that this is, you know how it works. You got to get a few licks in the field to figure out how this guy's uh, how 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 hard he hits. You got to figure it out. But that means you got to get in the fight. And that's what's happening right now. For every negative thing that we see happening, I'm sure there are 10 other good things. But we have to understand that our media right now is controlled, and our heads are in this fight, trying to look for the true pieces of sunshine during the rain, really trying to find the lights at the end of the tunnel. But that means we have to have our heads screwed on tight, and we've got to figure out what's going on. We've got to learn discernment, and we've got to stand up for what's right. With that being said, let's get into this segment. Good news took place this week, and it may have missed people's heads. But right here, over 100 different human trafficking victims have been rescued Well, over 100 different violators have been arrested in an Ohio operation dubbed Operation Autumn Hope. This is an article written by Jack Phillips putting up over there at the the Epoch Times. They put this up October 27th, and it says that a statewide operation in Ohio resulted in the rescue of 109 human trafficking victims and the arrests of more than 157 male suspects said Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost. And before I get into this, realize, real, I know this is going to sound crazy, but think about how lucrative, because slavery never ended, man. This is the sad truth. Think about how lucrative and big the child sex industry is, like slavery really is. When you, when you start talking about genetics and all this other stuff, it's, a, it's, a, it, it's sick. It truly is sick because these are people's children. This is somebody's daughter. This is somebody's son being stolen. Insanity. It says that the sting dubbed Operation Autumn Hope involved dozens of law enforcement agencies focused on finding missing children, rescuing human trafficking victims, and arresting suspects, Yost said in in a statement Monday. Quote, the success of Operation Autumn Hope is measured not only in the number of arrests but in the lives that were rescued from this evil, Yo said, quote, "Every agency on this team looks, or every agency on this team looks for the day when no person in is bought or sold in, this, in Ohio. Don't buy sex in Ohio." The more than 100 human trafficking victims who were rescued were referred to state social services. In the southern part of Ohio, 76 missing and exploited children cases were completed including 45 by the U.S. Marshal Service. Quote, My thanks to the personnel who have stepped up for this operation, stated Peter C. Tobin, U.S. Marshal for the Southern District of Ohio. Quote, These are the same personnel who hunt down fugitives every day. I'm incredibly proud of them and pleased that they were able to apply those same skills to finding these missing children. I know Operation Autumn Hope has made a difference in a lot of young people's lives. A 15-year-old girl from Cleveland who was rescued was also linked to other possible victims. They were linked to a suspect in Columbus who is believed to be involved in human trafficking, said the U.S. Marshals. They also found a 15 year old male with two warrants who was a suspect in multiple shootings and a homicide, and a 14 year old girl who was reported missing by the Lancaster Police Department who was recovered in Columbus within six hours of being reported missing, according to the Yost's office. Earlier this month, Donald Washington, the head of the U.S. Marshal Service, told Fox News that about 1,300 missing children have been found by the agency since the 2016 fiscal year. Quote, these kids that are in particular danger as a result of either being victims of violent crime or because of who they are, for example, some of them may be in the middle of gang affiliations or in the midst of drug abusers or in the middle of some bad situations involving people who have violent tendencies and things of that sort. And in September, Ivanka Trunk and Attorney General William Barr meanwhile announced $100 million in new funding allocated by the Justice Department to combat human trafficking. So what about these kids in cages? What about these people finally getting to be reconnected with their kids? And this is what I mean by the children that are lost, the churches that don't take them in, the families
1: that these kids don't have. They need to be connected. These are the people that need to be stored, brought whole
0: again. Because realize, and this is the sad truth, the the, the clip that I started out this episode with, that 13-year-old kid, the one saying that gender no longer exists and that it's over. My God, that kid looks like he comes from a loving family. But that's only on the surface. Look at what we're doing to our next generation, man. Look at what we're teaching them.
1: The insanity of it all. And the fact that people won't stand up for what's right.
0: Or won't stand up for what's wholesome. I mean, my God, there's no way that we can let this evil permeate. Which is why I'm happy to announce that the Nixon sex cult leader, Keith Raniere, has been sentenced to 120 years in prison. Now I get no joy from talking about how this man led a sex cult and took advantage of women, using multi-level marketing tactics, mind control and brainwashing techniques to seduce and disable well-meaning individuals. You know, And, and we, we've been talking about it throughout the entirety of the show. The traumatization is taking place, because a lot of these people let it do this. we've covered it on the show how he's branded people. There's, 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 there is there's uh, an excellent series out there, Cults and Extreme Beliefs, where they do a quick segment on the Nixabum Sex Cult, and it talks about this whole lady's like, fight to get away from these type of people and the type of things that they've done, the brainwashing techniques that go on there. But they also traffic in children. They have bases in Canada and in Mexico, and they traffic in children. This is another reason why they got caught. But we, 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 we've we've we we've touched on it throughout the entirety of the show. The traumatizing factor of putting on a mask. You've got to understand that controlling the leads understand that what they're doing. That's what I mean. The sophistication of our adversaries. They understand that by putting a mask on you, telling you you telling you that you're non-essential. They're robbing you of your individuality and robbing you of your of your identity and your uniqueness. They're saying, listen, you, you're just like everybody else. You're not allowed to be yourself. Give up your identity. Join us. Join us and be a part of the maskless masses. And this same type of degenerative and will-breaking techniques are employed by the people at these them sex cults. With Scientology aspects to it, there's all kinds of different things with this sex cult. It's not about woman empowerment and self-empowerment and, and, and liberation theology. It's about entrancing people. It's about inculcation. It's about indoctrination bringing people into your your thought process remember earlier what I was talking about sex trafficking and how it's used as a way to blackmail and incriminate people the very same things going on with these nix of them cults they get people to divulge personal information only so they can be subservient to the one administering the pain let me get into this article. We put this up October 27th. It comes from Sky News. This is a disgraced self-help guru who ran a secret cult where women were branded with his initials in order to have sex with him has been sentenced to 120 years in prison. Keith Renere founded a quote personal and professional development company called Nexum, pronounced Nex E um I say Nexum in 1998 in Albany, upstate New York. During his trial, prosecutors said that the next was in fact a cover for a sex cult that manipulated and brainwashed dozens of victims, putting some on starvation diets. Victims told of told, of how they had to hand over embarrassing photographs and documents that were kept as collateral to keep them quiet about what was going on. His control was apparently so absolute that one woman testified about how she was confined to a single room for two years after she said she was attracted to someone else. them charged thousands of dollars for invitation-only self-improvement courses at its New York headquarters along with branches in Mexico and Canada. Members included millionaires and Hollywood actresses willing to endure humiliation and pledge obedience to the defendant as part of his teachings. Yeah, kind of what we covered just last week. Allison Mack, that actor from, Starve, from, from Smallville, you're going to jail. As well as uh, uh, this Claire Bronfen, right? The the, the heiress to the Seagrams family. The Seagrams, Seagrams, however you want to pronounce it. Yeah, you're going to jail along with your leader. Says Rania, 60, was convicted last year of crimes including racketeering, smuggling, sex trafficking, extortion, and obstruction of justice. He remained unrepentant, saying that quote I do believe I am innocent of the charges." It is true, I am not remorseful of the crimes I do not believe I committed at all. So he's not remorseful. That's why he got 120 years. U.S. District Judge Judge Nicholas Garofas called him, quote, ruthless and unyielding in offenses that were, quote, particularly egregious because he targeted young girls and young women. He handed down the sentence in federal court in Brooklyn after a lengthy hearing that included victims' statements. Prosecutors claimed that Ranieri led a criminal enterprise, including shame and guilt, to influence and control conspirators who helped him recruit and groom sexual partners for him. During his sentencing, Raniere was heavily criticized by former followers, including India Oxenberg, the daughter of the dynasty actress Catherine Oxenberg. India Oxenberg called him a, quote, entitled little princess and a, quote, sexual predator, and lamented that she, quote, may have to spend the rest of my life with Keir- Keith Raniere's initials seared into me. Prosecutors had sought life in prison for while, f- for while defense lawyers said he should face 15 years behind bars. He got 120 because of how he responded to stuff. The judge did not like how he was going about things. So they said, you know what, you're getting 120 years. You don't care that you endangered all these people? You don't care that you... Uh, uh, branded people and you stole money and you traffic children you're going to jail you're going to jail scumbag doesn't matter how much money or influence you have you're going to jail because you're a scumbag and so Jeffrey Epstein Keith Raniere Allison Mack Claire Bronfen right Harvey Weinstein Kevin Spacey I'm just popping off names just, just just listing names of people who have involved, who have been involved in sexual decadence, sexual depravity depravity, or sexual perversion. And now another name to add to the list. Text messages show Biden covered up Hunter's sexually inappropriate actions with a minor. An article written by by Baxter Dimitri over there at News Punch, they put this up October 26th, and I can't even read this stuff. I literally cannot even read this stuff. Speaking of which, before I even get into this, I, I had alluded to it earlier this week that the controversial video that was put out by the new federal state of China, the deep state or the patriotic deep state, or the I'm not sure where you would classify them, but Another arm of the Chinese government leaked their video of of, of, of Hunter Biden uh, being in inappropriate situations with a minor. And I told you, the audience on Tuesday, I can't play this stuff. They'll take down my page for child pornography because when you go look at it, I might still be able to get the, 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 the link for you guys. It's been viewed three. It was viewed three million times in a single day. It's Hunter Biden right there. And so what I'm trying to say is Hunter Biden is a communist agent. That He knows he's been compromised. And Joe Biden perfectly com- uh, uh, was willing to compromise his own son's integrity for money. This is insane. So not only is he a pedophile, probably engaging in human trafficking and child sex abuse, but he's also working with the Communist Party, selling out our country, and some of our secrets, let me get into this article real quick before I continue on. It says that leaked Hunter Biden text messages revealed that he was banned from being around a certain underage girl by her mother due to his sexual deviancy. Some are saying that that's his,
1: his niece who he needs to stay around,
0: stay away from that he's having inappropriate relationships. With his niece i'm not sure either way it's still a minor he says that the text messages also reveal that the senior members of his family including his uncle jim biden his mother jill biden and his father joe biden the democratic presidential nominee colluded to suppress the potential bombshell scandals in another text message from hunter to a family friend hunter admits that even his own mother joe biden acknowledges that he is sick quote, sexually inappropriate with the children in a text message sent to Hunter by his uncle Jim Biden, the older man says that both he and the former vice president Joe Biden are upset with accusations of sexual inappropriateness against Hunter, and they want to defend him from quote character assassination. Jim demands to speak with Hunter to get his side of the story ASAP, so he and Joe Biden can get their story straight. <laughs> scumbags, nothing but scumbags incest and scumbaggery behavior. It says in an email to colleague and fellow Burisma board member, the now felon Devin Archer Hunter complains. He is not allowed to be around a certain person without his father, Joe Biden being there. Yeah, because he's, he's having inappropriate relations with them. I'm telling you, if you guys went and saw this video, it would make you throw up and it would, it would make you ask the question of my God, we cannot elect this man to office. And yet in another disturbing text message, it shows that Hunter is explaining to a certain young girl that her mother told Joe Biden that she would, quote, call the police if Hunter ever tried to see that young girl again. These text messages paint a truly disturbing picture of what is going on behind the scenes in the Biden family, sexual impropriety, chaos and bad blood. If a minor was involved, why did nobody contact the police? Why was this hidden from the public? Was this because of with Tronish Joe's political image? Most importantly, is the child safe now? Is the child safe now? So I'm going to read you real quick <laughs> uh, a, a quick text message from what looks to be like, what, who is this? This is, uh, this is Uncle Jim Biden. Okay. He sent this out 8-10-18. So what is that? Two months ago. It's October right now. So what is that like? was that like, August? August 18th? August 10th? January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August? Yeah, August 10th, 2018. said that, Hunter, it is imperative that you call me or your father. Your father is getting as I am, barraged by blank. He has not responded. I have not responded. We both agree with you and trust you. She is spreading what you told me, and I believe you. These are lies once again. we both need y- we, we both need you side of the story, so we can both shove it down her effing throat. I implore you to call, please I slash we are on your side. I believe you. This is nothing short of character assassination. Love you, Jim. When does your plane arrive? I'll pick you up, please send info. love you, pal. That's between me, your dad and. Me he says my, my, my plane comes in at 7 a.m. So these are hunt, these are, these are text messages of them literally trying to do cover ups for, for your scumbag self. Like, my god, this is kind of sad. This is kind of sad. This is what happens when you're smoking that crack, stealing that money, running through the government, running through the, running through the country. Just being like a dirtbag, and you know this guy got kicked out of the military for shoveling too much blow up his brain, and he screwed up that whole like Russian barisma deal up up over there in Ukraine, and now it's coming out that this kid's over here like banging his knees. This is insane, and this is the type of scumbag you want to have. And I mean, I hear you. You got people like Trump saying, "Oh, grab him by the you know grabbing by the whatever," but is that comparable to this? Again, sexual impropriety and sexual deviancy and sexual perversion become the flavor of the day and so now whenever you have that whole fourth wall being broken people being perfectly okay with seeing elected officials and uh, and the elite engaging in this type of behavior that's not okay because you're saying that degeneracy should be tolerated that's very dangerous to me <laughs> it's just again corrupt connections so you got the entire biden family completely aware of joe biden's son hunter biden having relationships with his dead brother's wife and then having relationships with his dead brother's wife's daughter it's like my god can you truly not help yourself and if he can't stop himself from literally committing incest in his own household what makes you think that we'll have any rights underneath like a biden administration and if biden's willing to cover this up obama knows about it too what else have they let go on what else they let go on and so this
1: isn't this this is this is insane this is insane to
0: me and i gotta put this in here right here since we're talking about you know corrupt connections and just dangerous things that are going on like i said people selling out the country check this out right here doj the fbi have charged eight an alleged chinese spy operation of a u.s national you can you believe that Charges have been filed against members of China's, quote, Operation Foxhunt Repatriation Squad. Think about this. This is an article written by Jack Phillips. They put this up October 28th over there at the Epoch Times. It says that the FBI and the Department of Justice on Wednesday said that they have indicted eight Chinese Communist Party operatives who allegedly engaged in a plot to intimidate or coerce dissidents around the world, including the United States. Quote, with today's charges, we have turned China's Operation Foxhunt on its head. The hunters became the hunted. The pursuers, the pursued. Assistant Attorney General for National Security John C. Demers said, asserting that the CCP's Operation Fox Hunt is merely a plot to target critics and opponents of the regime. The regime has said that Operation Foxhunt is a worldwide anti-corruption campaign to track down fugitives. Quote, the charges announced today are an unambiguous statement. The United States will not tolerate this type of flagrant conduct on our shores, Demir said in the news release. According to a DOJ and FBI complaint, the individuals harassed and surveilled a New Jersey resident who was not identified in the documents in a bid to force them back to China, according to the FBI director, Christopher Wray, in a news conference. Wray claimed that the man was told by alleged CCP agents had had to either kill himself or back to China. The Chinese government's brazen attempt to surveil, threaten, and harass our own citizens and lawful permanent residents while on American soil are a part of China's diverse campaign of theft and malign influence in our country and around the world," Ray said. Zhu Yang, Hong Gru Jin, and Michael Mayon, Michael McMahon, were arrested Wednesday and will be arraigned later in the day. Rong Jing and Jing Jing in California will appear in court on Wednesday, while. Zhu Feng and, and Hu Xi and Li Mignon will remain at large, authorities said. The DOJ and the FBI further stipulated that the CP, CCP don't rely on the Interpol and other international law enforcement, but instead engage in, quote, in clandestine, unsanctioned and illegal conduct within the United States and facilitated the travel of CCP officials to U.S. soil in order to further carry out these illegal acts between 2016. And 2019. So you have information coming out about about Hunter Biden's sexual impropriety, his his ties to the to the to the Communist Party, him selling out our country, and then out of nowhere, you have the DOJ and the FBI charging spies. Who's selling our information? Who's giving it out there? Who's allowing for these type of things to take place? These are the type of questions we, we should be asking. When I ask corrupt connections, it was only a couple of weeks ago that we covered how a police officer in the NYPD was compromised, how he was working on behalf of the Chinese, of the Chinese Communist Party here in America. Like, think about what I'm trying to break down to you guys. When I tell you that we have been bought out, who's, or, who's organizing all these protests? Who's shipping the guns here? Who's teaching them the tactics? Who's allowing for their communications to go down? Who is funding and organizing all of this stuff? That's why it's not a protest.
1: (laughs) It's not a protest at all. It's an invasion.
0: And we are being invaded. But here, let's get back to Hunter Biden real quick. Let me play for you guys this quick clip of Hunter Biden confessing his partnership with a Chinese spy. Don't hear it from me. Hear it from the horse's mouth.
3: To tell me that the New York Times is calling, but my old partner Eric, who literally has done me harm for I don't know how long, is the one taking the calls because my father will not stop sending the calls to Eric? I have another New York Times reporter calling about my representation of the literally Dr. Patrick the fucking spy chief of FIDER. I the company that my partner, who was worth $323 billion, founded. It is now missing. The richest man in the world is missing. Who was my partner? He was missing since I last saw him in his $58 million apartment and signed a $4 billion deal to build the fucking largest fucking energy port in the world. And, from the subject my best friend,
1: in business, Denver, has named me as a witness without telling me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Hunter Biden is a criminal. <laughs> yeah, Hunter Biden is a criminal. And he has been named as a witness, a criminal witness in cases that are coming up. That's why when we're asking the question of, hey, where is Hunter Biden? Where is this guy? He needs to stand trial. He's got some questions that need to be answered. And dodging things like this is not a good look. Not a great start. Information coming out about sexual relationships with children. You're over here having relation, business relations with the Chinese spy chief, and you're and you're hiding in some basement. Are you underneath your father? Let's get into this. This is an article that comes from Zero Hedge. They put this up. Uh, they put this up October twenty seventh. It says that an audio recording exclusively obtained by the National Pulse reveals that Hunter Biden discusses discussing business involvement with a spy chief of China and how his partner business partner, Devin Archer, named him and his father as a witness in the Southern District of New York criminal case. Hunter Biden, in an audio file labeled most genius ever, appears to be referencing Patrick Ho, who was a former security for home affairs in Hong Kong as a, quote, spy chief of China, while lamenting about how his business partner, Yi Jianming of CEFC China China Energy, had disappeared. He was also involved in the CEFC venture, as originally reported by the New York Post and suppressed by the media and big tech firms. The audio breaks the mainstream media's narrative that the hard drive is somehow fake or does not implicate Hunter or Joe Biden in criminal investigations and or business deals with the Chinese Communist Party. The former VEEP's son was also or Veeps son also bemoans longtime business partner Devin Archer, naming him and his father Joe as witnesses in quote in a criminal case without notifying him. Goes on to say that quote, and this is this is what you guys are hearing, he says, I get calls from my father to tell me that the New York Times is calling about my old partner Eric, who has literally done harm for I don't know how long He's taking One is is the one taking the calls because my father will not stop sending the calls to Eric. I have another New York Times reporter calling about my representation of Patrick Ho, the effing spy chief of China who started the company that my partner, who was worth three hundred and twenty three billion dollars, founded and is now missing. The richest man in the world is rich is missing. Who was my partner? He was missing since I last saw him in his $58 million apartment inside a $4 billion deal to build the largest effing LNG port in the world. And I am receiving calls from the Southern District of New York from the U.S. Attorney General himself. My best friend in business, Devin, has named me as a witness without telling me in a criminal case and my father without telling me. But wait. There's more. and this next clip, I'm going to play for you guys is what I'm basically going to end out the show with. It's of Hunter's old <laughs> business partner, his old business associate, Tony Bobolinsky, flipping on Hunter. So another Biden family insider flipping on them saying, hey, I don't I see the way the winds are blowing. These guys are up to some shady business dealings. They tried to pull me into it and I didn't want to do it. Are we going to see Joe Biden on the stand? Are we going to see Hunter Biden on the stand? Are these scumbags going to be brought to trial for the crimes they committed against this country? That's treason. And what's the penalty for treason? Death.
4: ...is uh, talking to the media right now. ...the armed forces. Since leaving the Navy, I've been involved in various successful businesses, both in this country and abroad. I'm making this statement to set the record straight about the involvement of the Biden family, Vice President Biden, his brother Jim Biden, and his son Hunter Biden, in dealings with the Chinese. I've heard Joe Biden say that he's never discussed business with Hunter. That is false. I have firsthand knowledge about this because I directly dealt with the Biden family, including Joe Biden. I have also heard that Vice President Biden said on Tuesday that Senator Ron Johnson, the chair of the Senate Homeland Security Committee, should be ashamed for suggesting that Biden family sought to profit from their name. Well, here are the facts I know, and everything I'm saying is corroborated by emails, WhatsApp chats, agreements, documents, and other evidence. And the American people can judge for themselves. I brought, I guess, record three funds that spanned the years 2015 through 2018 these funds have never been held by anybody else besides myself I was told this past Sunday by somebody who was also involved in this matter that if I went public this information it would bury all of us man the Bidens included I have no wish to bury anyone I've never been political. The few contributions I've have made have been to Democrats. But what I am is a patriot and a veteran. To protect my family name and my business reputation, I need to ensure that the true facts are out there. In late 2015, I was approached by James Gillier, whom I had known for many years, about joining him in a deal which he said would involve the Chinese state-owned enterprise CFC China, energy, and what he called one of the most prominent families in the United States. I was informed first by gillier and then by Hunter Biden, and by Rob Walker, who was working with the Bidens, that the Bidens wanted to form a new entity with CFC, which was to invest in infrastructure, real estate, and technology in the U.S. and around the world. And the entity would initially be capitalized with $10 million. And then grow to billions of dollars of investment capital. After months of discussion, I agreed to Gillier and Hunter Biden's request to become CEO of the entity to be called Sinohawk. Sino representing the Chinese side, hawk representing Hunter Biden's brother, Bo's favorite animal. And between February and May 2017, we exchanged numerous emails, documents, and WhatsApp messages concerning Sinohawk and its potential business. On May 2nd, 2017, the night before Joe Biden was to appear at the Milken Conference, I was introduced to Joe Biden by Jim Biden and Hunter Biden. At at my approximately hour-long meeting with Joe, that night, we discussed the Biden's history, the Biden's family business plans with the Chinese, with which he was plainly familiar, at least at a high level. After that meeting, I had numerous communications with Hunter, Walker, Gillier, and Jim Biden regarding the allocation of the equity ownership of Sinohawk. On May 13th, 2017, I received an email concerning allocation of equity, which says 10% held by H for the big guy. In that email, there's no question that H stands for Hunter, big guy for his father, Joe Biden. And Jim for Jim Biden. In fact, Hunter often referred to his father as the big guy or my chairman. On numerous occasions, it was made clear to me that Joe Biden's involvement was not to be mentioned in writing, but only face to face. In fact, I was advised by Gilear and Walker that Hunter and Jim Biden were paranoid about keeping Joe Biden's involvement secret. I also had a disagreement with Hunter about the funds CFC was contributing to Sino Hunter wanted 5 million of those funds to go to himself and his family. So he wanted the funds wired directly to an entity affiliated with him. I objected because that was contrary to our written agreements concerning Sinohawk. He said, referring to the chairman, his father, that CSC was really investing in the Biden family, that he held the Trump card, and that he was the one putting his family legacy on the line. He also said to me on May 17th, 2017 that CSC wanted to be my partner, to be partnered with the Bidens. During these negotiations I repeated to Hunter and others that Sinohawk could not be Hunter's personal piggy bank and I demanded that proper corporate governance procedures be implemented for capital distributions. Hunter became very upset with me. CSC through two, through July 2017 was assuring me the funds would be transferred to Sinohawk, but they were never sent to our company. Instead, I found out from Senator Johnson's September report that the $5 million was sent in August 2017 to entities affiliated with Hunter. Tomorrow, I will be meeting with the Senate committee members concerning this matter, and I will be providing to the FBI the devices which contain the evidence corroborating what I have said. So I will not be taking
1: any questions at this time.
0: I'll leave that link
1: in the description bar below if you guys want to check it out.
0: That is, again, Biden family insider Tony Bobolinsky talking about all of the business relationships he had with Hunter Biden, basically flipping and exposing him for who he is, a traitorous, treasonous scumbag that needs to be brought to justice. This is the world we're in, and these are the type of actions that are required so that we get the truth that's necessary to make better decisions. This is the world that we're creating, and as you guys go into Halloween and go into the voting booths, just be very cautious of the world that they're trying to create. They try to tell you to vote for the lesser of two evils. The sad truth is, is I don't think we should be voting for any type of evil. If anything, we should be voting for ourselves and trying to fix this problem, fix this situation that we found ourselves in. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Election Unrest, Pandemic Engineering, and Corrupt Connections. However, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. I know, as always, we went all over the place, but it's again to give you that deep, comprehensive view as to what's going on. Things aren't normal, and I don't think they'll be returning that way in any time soon. But like I said throughout the entirety of this week and this episode, sometimes these types of revelations are good. It forces us to make those deeper decisions instead of shying away from them. But again, ladies and gentlemen, that's all I really have for you guys and gals. If you have any questions, feel free to email me. I'll have it in the description bar below. I'll also put all those cool little music videos we had in between the break, as well as various other ways for you to support this operation in the description bar below. And as always, guys and gals, stay vigilant. Expose lies and share truth. This is Noise Era, Freedom of Action, out. Get out there and go be safe. Go vote! And don't take candy from strangers.